What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Wrestling to the Max. Alert, alert, clear all channels. This is an exclusive pay-per-view review. How you like that? And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. King of Spot. New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hello and welcome to W2 and Special Number Eight. I think this is. Wow. And we eight. are talking New Japan Dominion Seven Five. What else are we doing, Gary? That's right, and we're not talking dimensions like I said on Thursday. Dominion. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, it's late. You know, you could have acted like you forgot that you said that. I will never, <laughs> ever forget these things because i know it's my flub but i want to make a joke about it that way i feel better about myself so uh and of course you know sean mentioned we're doing some other things we are going to run down our top five new japan wrestlers each of us have our own we all like you know certain guys and we want to give you guys kind of an interesting perspective from each of us who we think is the top five so this will be really cool i think we may even come up with a collect of number one maybe number two Best New Japan wrestlers. That's going to be a blast. As well as we are going to talk Beast in the East. That's right. WWE's big show on July 4th. It was fun. It was really kind of cool to see WWE in Japan. So we're going to cover all of that. And, of course, we also have some news when it comes to New Japan wrestlers trying out for WWE. Wow, that's kind of interesting. So we've got a pretty packed special for you guys. This is all Japan wrestling, basically. Uh, Not the promotion, but the country again (laughs) anyway uh we're having a great time though we cannot wait to talk about all these big events and all that and uh so i I think we're going to start this off so you know let's go ahead and jump into it we're going to talk dominion right after this well as soon as christopher hale calls which oh okay well um you know christopher hale is going to join us i was kind of waiting for the call i was kind of worried that 
I may introduce him, and he's not going to be here. <laughs> so, uh, but we will. Here talk. we go. All right, Christopher Hale is on the line with us, man. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? Not much, man. So glad to have you back on the show. So now right. that you're here, Christopher, uh, let's go ahead and jump into it, Sean. Let's go and do some Dominion talk. Do it, Paul. Alrighty. So uh, they open with a dark match. At least they do on the, uh, the New Japan World feed, which I'm assuming is how we all watch this. So uh, Manuba Nakanashi, Masakura Dorada, uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, Sho Tanaka, and Yuji Nagata team up to face. Hiroyoshi uh, Tenzin, Jushin Thunder Liger, Satoshi Kojima, Tiger Mask, and Yohei Kamatsu. Uh, Team Nagata comes out of this. It's your typical giant amount of people tag match that New Japan likes to do, but it was fun. Uh, still not a waste of time, in my opinion, and a decent way, I think, to get the crowd primed for the show, who was already sort of buzzing uh, before we even got to the actual start of the show. Chris? What'd you think? Yeah, that's exactly what I felt. Uh, just a typical, you know, ten man tag. It was, it was good. Uh, I mean, it seemed like there was just a lot of guys in the, you know, in a very small area, <laughs> but it was, it was good. What was interesting about this whole thing was the fact that they did this, and it, I guess I, I don't remember. Paul, did you? Did we actually run down this on this match itself on Thursday? Uh, I don't. I think I mentioned it. Uh, so it's okay. I, I just didn't remember uh, because it's interesting to me. This was kind of like a pre-show. Um, of course, you know we ended up went to our our screen before we actually went to the meat of the show. So I thought that was interesting. But they always do these kind of things, and this is just a, a fun match. I mean, you get to see some great stars and all that, and it was very enjoyable. But nothing super, you know, great or anything. And but that's what you got to deal with. With New Japan, you get these fun, huge tag team matches. Agreed. It was, uh, you know, really, I felt like they kind of highlighted the wrong people in this. Uh, Dorada didn't come in until, like, the end. Uh, Kamatsu and Tanaka really didn't get to do a whole lot, which a lot of the times with these things, the, the young Lions get to do a lot more. Um, it was really... Uh, Nakanashi showing us he, can't, he still can't move very well. Uh, a lot of Nagata and... Was it Tenzin or I'm blanking on a lot of this right now, but it it was still fun for what it was. Um, just kind of was weird who they who they decided to highlight, who they didn't in here. But yeah, I got everybody ready, and you know you still uh, it was weird because I was watching it live at three in the morning, so they Oof. like had a big freaking pause after this for like <laughs> yeah. twenty minutes. How did you stay awake, Sean, during that break? I mean, I had to fast forward. I I couldn't sit there. <laughs> If I was you, I like went to go make me a sandwich. I think, and that's how I stayed awake. <laughs> you should be making like two pots of coffee because I'd have to do that at three. There minutes. was parts where I was just kind of like, I'm glad I'm sitting in a chair because I was laying in my bed. I would have fallen asleep. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the truth. And, and since the show did actually take a pause, there, I, I want to mention real quick. We'll take a pause and say, if you want to call in and you love New Japan or you want to talk any of these shows tonight, make sure you call in live on Spreaker. It is nine seven two five nine one eight six two zero and on that speaker app don't forget you can do a chat you can chat with us or chat amongst each other uh so sorry about that paul go ahead no you're good uh plug away whenever you feel necessary uh as team nagata gets the win in this 10-man tag and we move along blissfully into 
something that has almost become a science for these three teams as uh, the Young Bucks defend the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles against Red Dragon and Repugni Vice. And they do so successfully. It's a, it's a pretty fun and fast 15 minutes and uh, even uh, just, uh, I think, the, like the perfect opener for these shows. Uh, it sets a great pace and the, the crowd was actually into this one a lot too. Christopher, I only heard, I think, one suck it during this. I think, if I remember right. Uh, but besides <laughs> that, it's interesting because of the fact that, you know, I, I kind of felt like, you know, there were some certain guys, the Young Bucks, kind of highlighted. What, what did you think about this match for uh, overall? Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Like, uh, like Paul said, it was a really good opener. It was quick. It was really, uh, really fast-paced. A lot of um, a lot of really cool um, double-team moves, I thought. Uh uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed the Young Bucks, um, Matt, both Matt and Nick, how they were kind of just talking. Like uh, I think it was, was it Matt. I think every time you get somebody in the corner, like I'm on fire. Yeah, <laughs> that would be Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just I just enjoyed the energy of the match. I thought it was really good. I'm a big fan of all three of the tag teams, so you know I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole thing. I thought it was good. This yeah. was a. Uh... Actually, I think I like I, I. It wasn't as uh, flashy as some of their stuff that they've done before, like their Wrestle Kingdom uh, match and even the some of the other ones. I kind of liked it in that way that there wasn't this overlong freaking. We're trying to get to the end, like fifty million false finishes. Uh, everybody had their their moments. The freaking super German from uh, Beretta off the top there. Uh, the Young Bucks had, did their usual stuff. Uh, I was surprised that they won. I thought they would go around and go around and around with the titles again, but it's good to have some stability, and hopefully that means good things. But as we'll see later with the big tag division, both tag divisions kind of need some fresh teams or something. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think on Thursday we talked about Repugny Vice. I know a couple of us did say, you know, those would be the guys to win because they definitely, you know, need those belts because they're they're just awesome. We love them and we think that they deserve them. Uh, but the Young Bucks are great too. I, I agree with Chris on this. There are three great tag teams in this match. You love all of them. Really, whoever got the belts, it wouldn't hurt your feelings. I just kind of felt like really the Young Bucks were really the stars of this match, probably proxy for what it was worth. And then, of course, you had, honestly, Red Dragon, who were kind of at times in the background, I felt. You know, the elite, everybody got their shots in, but I kind of felt like Red Dragon was kind of put out to the side here. It, that's totally fine. They got other things going. But I just thought that was very interesting. And I, overall, like Sean said, it, it was a, a good match, and you know everybody got their piece. So I was very happy with it. And uh, Red Dragon continue to be super protected. Yeah, they have. I think they're like what uh, have only lost twice in actual. They've only lost twice, and in these multiple person tags, they still have not lost an actual two on two tag match since being there. Mm-hmm. I right. felt like that uh, their offense was much more highlighted. Like they got to do the bigger moves. I think out of everybody. Uh, you know, outside of the Young Bucks hitting uh, more bang for your buck, which is just like the flashiest double team ever, uh, that their double teams just seem so much more impactful than everybody else got to. So I think that's what sort of kept you focused on them whenever they weren't actually the focus. Because Rocky got to do a whole lot during this match too, which is always appreciated. Oh yeah, and he's good at getting the crowd 
going even when that sometimes the you know the crowd kind of gets dead for a little bit of, for these cause mm-hmm. it seems to be like too much going on for them or they i don't know whether it's the way they book the division or just because it's a bunch of you know gaijins or whatever but it's uh he he seems to always be able to get them in and the the freaking uh super falcon arrow from bobby fist is always awesome too yeah all right <laughs> Uh, you, you know, and I think what you said, Paul, made makes a lot more sense to me because I kind of felt like I was drawn to the Young Bucks, and it probably was that. They had a lot of those impactful moments, besides the fact that all the other guys had probably just as many. I just think I, they just kind of drew me in in this match. But if we're going to talk about... Uh, I got to see uh, the Road to Dominion 7-3 show for a little bit, and they had a Tanaka and Kamatsu tag team. And even though they may never win, just having them in there is something, at least a different team that's there, you know. I wonder if they can, I mean, I don't. they don't have that many juniors as it is, but, you know, it'd be nice just to put someone else there to kind of give you another team to mess around with aside from just the normal three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fair, but if you're not going to have them win, it's, they're just sort of a... Uh... I don't want to say taking up space, but it's not adding a lot to the division if you don't have them make some ground here and there. Uh, but that could make for a fun story, so who knows? Uh, so we go from that tag match to another tag match uh, that features Tetsuya Naito teaming up with Tomaki Hanma, taking on uh, the Bullet Club B team, which is Bad Luck Fale and Yujiro Takahashi. And I would be remiss to say that Naito is in the middle of a heel turn, which I should have mentioned on Thursday. Uh, after his run in Ring of Honor... Uh, about a month ago now at the War of the Worlds and all that good stuff. Uh, he went to CMLL for a while, and he joined, um, I forget the name of it in Spanish, but the, the, the stable name is the Unfer- or the Ungovernable. Los ign- Ignorables. Yeah. And uh, th- they're pretty much the top heel faction in CMLL, and he's with those guys now. And he's keeping that going here in New Japan now as he makes the slow burn. Uh, and you see a lot of that in this match with Hanma as he refuses to tag in, and Hanma does the lion's share of the work, and even gets the victory with a Kokeshi at the end, too. Um, and, and Naito doesn't even bother to celebrate, really, with him. He just sort of walks out. So uh, there's there's interesting stuff going on with Naito. There's great stuff happening with Hanma as he's pretty much against the world, and that's how everybody loves him, is the plucky underdog face who wants to win and headbutt, and that's about it. <laughs> Gary, how do you feel about your boy? He's... Uh, you know, he he did what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to save himself, make sure that the other guy does most of the work, and I I enjoyed it thoroughly. You know, like I told you last week. I mean, Naito is great, and you know why waste himself for guys like Fale? I mean, <laughs> come on, waste of time. The so fact was he was just taking care of Fale like it was no big deal. Like he just he was like, I don't know what this what your what your problem is, Hama. I just like drop kicked him in the leg and he's down and like that, that was, was great about it. It, was, like, it is. <laughs> Nonchalantly, he just goes in there, which Hama was having the diff- most difficult time, you know, taking these two guys on, and here comes Naito and he's just like, This is easy, whatever. Uh tags in Hama back and Hama starts having trouble again. So I thought that was hilarious. It's fun. In in all seriousness, um, it is very interesting. Naito's heel turn and to see him like this, to see the stash kind of coming in and all that, it's it's very interesting. But I'm still loving Naito no matter what, heel turn or not. Uh, Hama did a great job. And, of course, I, I just still, guys, not a fan of Fale. I, I, he does not bring me in anywhere. 
Chris? Yeah, I'd, I'd have to. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Folly either. It just seems really bland, boring to me. Uh, but you know, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good. You know, pretty much a basic tag match. But I think it was more kind of just. It was continuing an angle. Yeah, continuing an angle. Yeah. Um, then it wasn't really anything. But it was, you know, it was good. I you know, I, I could tell even, you know, not even understanding the commentary at all. That it was, you know, Naito was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm not into this, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's pretty, pretty easy for it to come across. Like he's, like he's growing out a mustache now, and it just makes him look even more dickish. Like it does not belong like, with this like, crazy hair. It just doesn't belong. Almost. He looks like an Asian John Leguizamo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Yeah, like, he's wow. got like this. Itty bitty goatee with this peach fuzz mustache, and then the he actually kind of looked cool with the hat on and the shirt. Like, just you know, it was uh, I was like, man, are you trying to sort of you know have your own bullet club going there? He's just uh, started, started a new trend. Um, yeah, this is a basic tag match, I think, but I, I love the at the end, like, Hom was just like, hey, dude, come on, celebrate with me, you know, and. He gets her to come back in the ring, and then he's like, nope, I'm leaving again. Bye. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Hama's like, how do you leave me hanging? I'm, it's all about getting your arm raised. He's like, oh, screw this. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's 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 very, very uh, interesting to see him in this new live, because I the last time I had seen him was those R-H, or ROH tapings. So it's kind of cool, though, to still see him in this live. I, I just got to ask Chris this real quick. Chris, I, I told these guys plenty of times, and they, they probably disagree with me, but this is just the way I feel about Naito. He reminds me of a Chris Jericho. Not Chris Jericho exactly, but he, he the way he does things, even the, the, the him laying in the middle of the ring just kind of chilling out. I think that's something we'd see Chris Jericho do. Do you disagree with that or agree? No, I don't think I disagree with that. I can kind of see, like, especially kind of like the heel Chris Jericho, especially, where he's just kind of like the arrogant, really nonchalant about everything, and he thinks he's just above everything. Yeah, I can, I can see that a little bit. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. I just see it in his work as well, his in-ring work. I mean, I haven't definitely haven't seen as much as Paul has, so... Paul probably has more legitimate reasons to argue this. I, I just think at times when I watch him, I'm like, I could kind of see Chris Jericho in this guy. So eh, it's just the way it works, you know? Uh, the, best, and, the best part is I didn't even think about this when we had, uh, when I was watching it the first time. They're in Osaka where people just don't like Naito, apparently. <laughs> so right. it's just like, <laughs> was uh, even better, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, I have another question, and, and Sean or Paul, you guys may know this. Uh, do they have Fig Newtons in Japan? Fig Newtons? What did you say? Fig Newtons, do they have that in Japan? Because I want to send Hanma a box of them. <laughs> I, just, I think to. so. I think Namisco is a global brand. It's got to be. Okay. They might have their own brand of Fig Newtons. Yeah, some, yeah. yeah, some weird like Japanese knockoff Fig Newtons. Yeah, I Weird mean their question. figs might be fresher too, because I don't think we yeah. grow figs here in the states. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just had that. Feel. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Feeling during the match, gotta send this guy some fake news. Anyway, go ahead, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> As we try to steer back on topic here, Shibata uh, of the Katsuyori variety takes on Kazushi Sakuraba. It's uh, it's it's the shoot fight you pretty much thought it was going to be. Uh, if you're into it, uh, it was great. If you're not so into it, I still think there was enough here to keep your attention. Um, there's a lot of hold trading. Uh, Sakuraba focusing on parts where Shibata's just trying to survive for portions of the matches before Shibata finally gets the win with the penalty kick. Uh, what'd you guys think, though? What you Chris? think, Chris? Uh, I mean, yeah, I liked it. I, I'm becoming a fan of uh, Sakuraba. I like. I watched him. I watched Wrestle Kingdom Nine the other day, and I watched uh, this today. And the guy, I don't know. There's something about just something about he's like this, like like an old, like an old dog, like that runs the yard. You know what I mean? So it's like he kind of just comes down, kind of comes down the ramp, really, just kind of not really doesn't have really like a lot of personality. Doesn't like wear flashy anything. Just kind of. You know, just walks down, and he just the guy is just obviously a master of what he does, and he just there's a lot of hard hits in this match, a lot of big kicks, and then just like some of these, I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> like some of the some of the kicks to the chest. I thought the dude's like chest was just gonna cave in. I was like, oh. God. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's a lot of hard hitting in this, and it's great. I mean, I love these matches. Sakuraba. I also, when I watched Wrestle Kingdom 9, I, I was very thrilled with this guy. I, I thought, man, he's so talented. And I was really curious about this match with Shibata, you know, how it was going to work out. And um, I don't know. I just was kind of you know, on, on the fence on it. I really felt, I think I had mentioned Sakuraba would win uh, when we actually did it. But I, I just really wasn't expecting all this, the, the hard, hard, hard hitting that they had in this. And what was kind of cool, too, is I, I don't know why, but I kept thinking – Shades of Daniel Bryan a little bit when I was watching uh, Sakuraba. Uh, yeah, I think it was Sakuraba. No, yeah, it was. So it yeah, was just he's interesting. The one that kept kicking the hell. Yes, out of yes. I'm making sure I wasn't yeah. blank saying the wrong guy. But uh, yeah, it was really great. I, I enjoyed this match, even though it was more of a shoot fight. You know. Yeah, this was uh, all about really Shibata kind of taking Sakuraba out of his element a bit, making him wrestle more instead of do the fighting. Because he, you know, Shibata and him used to be tag partners, and Shibata actually could never beat him in MMA. So he kind of, you know, said, oh, well, now I'm be- I beat you in wrestling, which is, you know, a really cool story. And you can kind of see it as, you know, it goes through the match. And it's like the the ending sequence with uh, Sakura having him in that uh, very naked choke for, like, ever. And then he gets out, and then he just freaking kicks the hell out of him. And wins, it's like, damn, okay. You know, and it's just, 
it was uh it was awesome stuff i mean i don't know that it was it was i think not maybe not equal to the level of the suzuki and sakuraba one at wrestle kingdom 9 but it was i think in a different way just as good and one of those that i'm i'm not a big i don't care about mma at all but somehow with these matches they can make them entertaining and you can see the story through it so it, it, i i'm totally glued in Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just going No, I was just going to say during these matches, I always find it interesting because of what Sean said. You know, I'm not a big MMA watcher either. Uh, when I do watch it, though, it kind of draws me in a little bit, and I'm kind of scared, so I try to stay away from it a little bit because I could find myself getting interested. <laughs> Uh, but this match alone, just to see the way that they handle it and things like this, it's part of the reason why I love watching New Japan. That you have the ability to do these things, and it's very entertaining. And a lot of people say oh, it's boring. No, these guys make it work. It's entertaining all the way through. So I mean, you know, going back to Wrestle Kingdom Nine, sure that match was different, but on the other sense, this one could be on that same level. So, good point, Sean. Uh, and this type of match has a long history in Japan. There have been promotions based around this sort of idea. Uh, UWFI, Rings, uh, I'm probably forgetting. There's a third one I'm pretty sure I'm forgetting. But uh, they lasted in the early 90s. They were insanely popular for the time. Uh, so if, if any of you guys are interested in those, I think YouTube and both Daily Motion have uh, pretty healthy collections of those kinds of matches if you're into this sort of thing. What's uh, cool about it, too, is that they don't overdo it. Like, this is only the second time we've seen it all year. Mm-hmm. So it's special when you see it. I mean, it's helpful that they New Japan recently, once these guys started coming back on more full-time, that they have MMA backgrounds, and that's sort of what airs gives it the air of, le- of legitimacy about it, even though these guys outside of Sakuraba, uh, well, I guess pretty much Sakuraba and Suzuki and not Shibata, um, have pretty stellar records. Shibata isn't as, isn't as great, but... At any rate, uh, we move on to a match I was looking forward to greatly and a match that completely delivered and maybe almost over-delivered at times. Uh, Kenny Omega defends the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, easy for me to say, against Kushida. Uh, This was awesome right out the gate. I felt like Kushida instead just brought it right out. Kenny Omega didn't know what to do and sort of had to uh, resort to going for Kushida's knee for a long period of the match, which Kushida... Sold brilliantly at times. It's these little details, like he's trying to lock on a submission hold that he has to stand for, and his knee bugs him, so he kind of like falls out of it almost. It's really cool. Um, Kushida does get the win uh, with the hoverboard lock, and it's awesome. Uh, I'm marking out Kushida second time with the belt, and certainly felt like a star-making performance to me. Chris? Yeah, I have to agree. This is oh, this is such a good match from just from the from the first you know opening segment like uh, showing the Kushida the kid and and just from the very end it was just so good. It, it drew me in from you know from the bell all the way to the end. And it was just everything about it. Like it was just it started out really quick and then it got kind of really technical and really you know Omega really working on the knee. And you know, kind of using like you know, just extreme like heel tactics, like just being just you know, so like spitting water in his face and you know, doing all sorts of stuff, and you know, and then like the comeback with Kushida towards the end, and uh, it was just it was really good. I wanted Kushida to win because I'm a big Kushida fan, so it was you know, it was absolutely it was a, it was a, a great match, an absolutely awesome match. 
you know, watching the Super Junior final, you know, you really become drawn into Koshida. I mean, I was already a fan of his, but even especially after that match, after that final, I was just thinking, man, this guy is just a huge star. You got to love him. And watching this match, I mean, it's a little bit different than I expected. I expected more of a back and forth. I really, just that was me personally. I thought they were going to try to go that route, but they didn't. They want more of a different way, and, and that's okay. You know, selling the injury was great. You know, you keep Koshida grounded a little bit more. You don't let him do all the different things he's able to. You know, with a hurt knee, though he does overcome quite a bit here. Uh, so I think it works in favor for both guys, and not only that, Omega. I mean, he's a great heel. You, you gotta love him. He's one of the best heels for me personally in New Japan. Uh, so long story short, I, I think this was a great match. It just didn't work out the way I expected. I really expected more of a back and forth than it was. I really love this. I love the fact that you got uh, Omega freaking working on not only the hurt. And- hurt leg but he's hurting the other leg too because he basically just doesn't want Kushida to walk at all you know just just completely just take him off his leg even though you know Kushida still does a lot of his stuff which is a little bit weird because I was like I don't want to hate on it for not selling the leg he he does it pretty well but I think he's it's kind of one of those like where he has just enough to do his move that he does with his leg and then it takes him out and then you know, obviously, Kushida doing the thing with his arm, which makes it to where uh, Omega only has one arm. The freaking one-arm uh, sit-out powerbomb was pretty awesome, considering, you know, just using one arm for that. Um, all the, stu- the stuff at the beginning with the, him using the trash can to block him was, was funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just Omega's so underrated. I think he's just so good at his character, what he does. And, you know, Kushida's is so awesome. I think that um, this match was just great. I think you needed... This is one of those that you need to see. Um, because, like Chris said, you get the story from the beginning with him being, you know, him as a kid. And you see all this. And him winning the title the first time was sort of an accident, right, Paul? Like, he wasn't supposed to win. It's because somebody got hurt. So this was, like, his first, like, okay, this is who you're... You're, you're supposed to be the ace of this division now. So you take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was something sort of similar to that. I remember us talking about the show where he won it the first time. Uh, some, uh, I think it was last year. Um, so my memory might be a bit hazy on me. But yeah, Kenny Omega for sure does maybe some of his best work in his entire career that I've seen in this match. Just the amount of dicketry that he does to Kushida in this match is, is just, it's unmeasurable. It's 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 so good, and the finish is really good too. Uh, Kushida drops out of the one, and we get Angel, Angel right into the hoverboard lock, almost seamlessly. Uh, this is the first of three match of the year candidates on this show, in my opinion. Uh, and I mean, all three of them are now on my list that I have going. Um, I mean, and the crowd freaking ate this up too, especially at the end. They were like, "Whoa!" You know, just yeah. just good stuff. Ate it up with a spoon. Uh, and Kushida <laughs> got to spoon. sort of, a very big spoon. yeah, <laughs> he got to bask in it for a good four minutes too, which was nice. Yeah, uh, because they just kept egging him on to celebrate, and it was it was a wonderful moment. Uh, so we go on to another title match. Togi Makabe defends the Never Openweight Championship against Tomohiro Ishii. It's almost twenty minutes of pure brutality. Uh, if you've seen Ishii and Makabe before, this is. I, I don't know if this was their best encounter, but it was certainly just as brutal, I feel. 
Uh, Makabe does a death valley driver on Ishii. Pretty much drops him right on his uh, injured shoulder. That leaves Ishii and the fans wondering whether he's legitimately hurt or whether he's actually just selling that well. Uh, and I don't think we'll ever know. So, <laughs> uh, Makabe does retain here. Um, Spider-Man, or yeah, the spider German suplex off the top into the King Kong knee drop. Gets him the victory. What'd you guys think? Chris? Uh, I, I literally thought I was going to see people die in the ring. Like, it was, oh, it was clothesline after clothesline after clothesline after elbow after elbow. It was so, it was so, it was awesome. <laughs> it was, uh, I did, I, I did kind of like their Wrestle Kingdom 9 one a little better. This one was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, I actually had that same thought when I did the Death Valley, Death Valley Driver and then laid on his shoulder. I thought Ishii was actually injured, and I was like, huh, because it kind of almost, uh, uh, Max Makave had that kind of look on his face, like he didn't really know like, for a second, and they kind of, then he, you know, Ishii stood up, so they just continued doing what they were doing. So, but, you know, I had that thought rushed in my mind, too, and I was like, I was like man, that's not going to be the only thing that's broken at the end of this match. But it, uh, it was it was it was great. I enjoyed it. Ishii's arm probably could have fallen off, and he still would have gotten up and beat Makabe <laughs> with it. I'm pretty sure that would have been a thing. It would have had to have been. It would yeah. Legs, <laughs> arms, whatever. <laughs> that match couldn't end on an injury. It just yeah no. Yeah, it, it was a very hard hitting match as well, and you know uh, these guys battled it out. It, it was everything we expected, I think. Uh, so, I mean, no big surprises, but I, I did love it. And um, you know, once again, I mean, it shows that, you know, these big guys can have great matches and, you know, you don't have to do a bunch of crazy moves or high flying it or anything like that to, to have a great match. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know about you guys for sure. This is uh, this wasn't as good as their Wrestle Kingdom 9 one or even their Hinokuni one. There was parts where it just it was just. I felt more like it seemed like they didn't know what to do, and they were just clothesline, 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 elbow, elbow. It was like, okay. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just numb because we've watched so many of them. Uh, it was still good. There's just Until they started doing the stuff with the ref stoppage, that's when I got interested because it was a little bit different. And I kind of was like shocked that they just ended it with the knee drop because I almost ex- he, almost, he always kicks out of, he kicked out of them every other time. So it was a bit weird, and uh, Makave just didn't even care about catching Ishii at all during that senton that he does to the outside, which is hilarious. Ishii also completely overshot him, like he barely (laughs) clips his shoulder. Yeah, (laughs) I thought that was funny too, I was like, wow, they really tried to sell that one. Yeah, I mean, all credit to Ishii, that's a 200-plus pound man trying to do a front flip and land accurately, and I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing in Japan, (laughs) so... Uh, God. So we move on. Uh, tag match for the IWGP Tag Team Titles. Bullet Club, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson challenging the Kingdom, Matt Taven, Michael Bennett. This was probably the best match they've had in New Japan. Uh, with these two teams. Uh, it goes a little over ten minutes. I felt like the shenanigans with the ladies wasn't overly done. Uh, Maria gets kicked in the face by Doc Gallows, uh, which pretty much allows uh. The Bullet Club to take advantage of Taven after Michael Bennett is pretty much destroyed after trying to save his woman. And uh, 
Bullet Club, you new champs. Chris? Uh, I like this match. I was a little surprised at the ending. I thought the Kingdom was going to keep it, but it seemed like from the very beginning that uh, the Bullet Club was kind of in, in control. Like, from the very beginning, it just didn't seem like it didn't seem like the Kingdom, he really had a chance to win, in my opinion, from the very beginning. Um, it always seemed like whatever Kingdom would do, they would kind of, you know, the Bullet Club would just come back with something, you know, even better and just kind of lay them down. But, uh, yeah, I'd say, you know, the stuff with the women wasn't, like, overly done. Like, Carly Anderson wasn't, like, you know, chasing around the ring and all this different stuff, like, all the time, and Googling her, Googling her, and all that different stuff. But it was, you know, it was a lot more business this time around. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, I I love me some Maria Canella, so it's always a good thing when she's on my television. Knocked out or conscious, you know, either way. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound creepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all, no. Hey, it's yeah. not still not as creepy as the Maria ass cam that they have for her when she just walks walks up and down the ramp. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the Japanese cameraman. They always, yeah. Anyway, uh, you know what goes down to this is the fact that uh, this kind of follows along with the story uh, of these two tag teams, you know, in ROH and of course in New Japan and. Uh, we've seen a battle back and forth, but it seems like lately Bullet Club has been ahead on on the the winning side. And, of course, I, I think it makes sense as well as they kind of keep the ladies a little bit more out of it than they have in the past here just because maybe they've learned their lesson, especially Maria. She's learned her lesson, maybe not so much since she did get kicked in the face, but she did learn her lesson a little bit more here, try to stay out of it, not get involved as, as much as usual. Um Carl Anderson doing his thing with the whole stick with Marie and all that was very limited, which was totally cool to me. Um, they did do it still, you know, the storyline is still there, but they didn't go into it too heavy. So overall, not a bad match, but I, I was, I really am taken back that the kingdom didn't get to look better in this, but I think it's all about story. But once again, I think I had picked the kingdom to win this because I felt like they were going to get some retribution, um, but it didn't happen that way. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of glad that what you call it, uh, Bullet Club got it back because I could just do without the Kingdom. Honestly, they, I, I mean, really, it just kind of they. I uh, I, I don't know what to say. I'm surprised. I am. I, I enjoy the Kingdom. I I kind of like them. I'm kind of surprised. I like the kingdom, but I don't know if they fit here. And I think New Japan has sort of gotten the message. Because this very much felt like a match that says the experiment is over. Uh, they might still be around here and there, but I don't know if they'll ever be getting that same push that the internet was all abuzz about with the kingdom getting you know, championships and whatever else was going to happen for them. Uh, if, if this did indeed take hold. And it just... it. They've probably just tried to do too much too fast, I feel like. You probably could have worked slowly up to a more Americanized feud here, but... Not that, not right out of the gate, which is what they they went for, uh, almost full bore right out the start. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anyways, uh, we move on. We get a nice little intermission here where they announce all the G1 block uh, participants. So I'll go ahead and do that real fast. Block A has AJ Styles, has Bad Luck Fale, Doc Gallows, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroshi Tenzin, Katsuri Shibata, Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, Togi Makabe, and Toru Yanu. Block B has Hiroki Goto, Carl Anderson, Kazuchika Okada, Michael Elgin, Satoshi Kojima, Shinsuke Nakamura, Toma Akihanma, Tomohiro Ishii, Yuji Nagata, Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, the whole tournament's going to last damn near a month. Uh, 18 shows. These guys might be dead by the end of it, but there has to be a winner. So I want to know who you think is coming out of each block the winner, and I want to know who you think is winning the G1. Ooh, man. I ain't had time to think about that yet. Damn. <laughs> uh, it's difficult, huh? <laughs> part of, uh, yeah, Farmy wants to say Nakamura's going to win the whole thing. Uh, but I'm not sure. I haven't even, I haven't really thought about that, honestly, yet. It's going to uh, be Nakamura and AJ. I'll be really surprised if we don't get Nakamura and AJ and Nakamura yeah. winning. Because you always yeah. get Nakamura and Okada in the same block. So, you know, I, I just think that as much as – I mean, I, I think Okada's going to get really close to doing the whole champion winning it, which as Paul said has happened before, but this is made for Nakamura. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can see it. and Sean, you make a lot of sense here. You know, I'm torn. Of course, my boy Naito's in this, and I can't just jump in there and pick him. I'd love to, uh, but I think he's got a little time before he does that. Uh, right now, they, they've they're, Nakamura really is a star right now, and they've got a lot of focus on him. So I, I get you. AJ Styles is always going to be one of the top guys. So uh, you know, coming out of Block A, there's a lot less match pairings that I'm excited for. And not to say that there's not some good stuff in there. Like Shibata and, Ta- uh, and Tanahashi should be really good. Uh, anybody with Ibushi is going to be interesting. Naito has some interesting matchups in here, too. Um, but yeah, it's it's either going to be AJ Styles or Tanahashi. And I think Shibata might be a dark horse to make it to the finals, personally. Uh, they keep talking about wanting to push him. They keep talking about wanting to make him another top star. And uh, G1's a great time to do it, especially in a field like this, um, where it's very clear to see some easy wins and losses for people. Uh, when it comes to Block B, it's much more difficult, because the only person that's really the odd man out is Yujiro, Taka- or, yeah, Yujiro Takahashi. Um, and, and you could say Elgin is too, but Elgin has so many interesting match uh, match pairings in this. Pretty much everybody uh, Kojima, I really want to see Okada, Goto, Nakamura, Hanma, Ishii, Naga. I mean, the, the everybody in that block is going to have a great match with Elgin, and that should be something to watch. Um, and just Block B seems so much more stacked. There's so many top stars in there: Goto, Okada, Nakamura. I mean, Anderson to a certain degree could could come out and surprise too. But 
this is made, I, I agree with everybody else so far. It's Nakamura's tournament to lose. Um, just because I think him and Okada at, uh, or him and Styles or whatever happens as we go on to the next Wrestle Kingdom, I think Nakamura winning the belt there would be a very nice way to sort of reward him for making the Intercontinental title worth something. And you can come back and revisit the Goto feud if you want, because Goto wants to unify both belts, uh, which he talks about in his pre-match package some uh, later on in the show. But before we get there, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Toru Yanu, and it's pretty much Yano trying to do every dirty trick in the book, turned up to 11, only for Tanahashi to come out and just beat him, sort of with Sling Blade, uh, High Fly Flow combo. It's a fun match, but I don't know if this was the greatest as far as wrestling quality goes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Chris, do you, do yeah, you, do you yeah. think that as well? Yeah, I, yeah, I pretty much agree. I figured it was just, uh, just kind of a, not a filler match, but just kind of... A little cool down match before we get to the big ones uh, at the end. Uh, uh, definitely, you know, Toriano just really bothers me for some reason. You just, just the look of him and just <laughs> like, I don't know what it is about the dude, but just like, wow, like he really just makes me cringe. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like he's like a Japanese version, like a more overweight version of Bo Dallas. <laughs> uh, well, that's good. Yeah, it just, I don't know. I, just, I don't know. But I like Bo Dallas. That's the thing. So I, just, I don't know. I just don't like the guy. But you know, I was glad. I was glad. Um, was it Takahashi won? Yeah, Takahashi, Tanahashi. Uh, I was glad. I was glad he won. You know, because if that dude won, I would have been severely disappointed. I you know I kind of sympathize with Yano. I, I find myself last laughing at Tanahashi a lot as well. Um, but. <laughs> That's okay. I, I think Tanahashi's super talented, and you know, I respect him for what he's worth. Uh, you know, Paul hit it right on the head. It, this is fun, but it's not the best wrestling match of the night. I don't think it was meant to be. This is all about their feud and all about the story and all that good stuff. So, not a big deal. It didn't have to be the best wrestling match of the card. It just had to be a fun match. It's something to entertain the crowd, and I think they did an okay job of doing that. But it wasn't gonna be. We weren't. They wasn't supposed to be. And I think for all the crap that Yano gets sometimes, this was really good. I mean, it was surprising. It was. It was obviously they, they did a really good job. I'll have to say of having the the matches to where you have your two cooldowns right before you get to the two big ones. Um, so you really have a lot of time to focus. But this was just like, I wasn't expecting all the stuff that happened in this. Um, poor Tanahashi really shouldn't be taking a powerbomb into a chair at this point with his back the way it is. But just, I, I thought I really just enjoy it maybe because I'm not used to like Yanu actually coming out there and doing more than just hair pulling and tying the dude and they did they had some really nice near falls in this too like the and and, uh that visual both of them standing there with like they both just got low blowed was hilarious I just just, (laughs) couldn't stop laughing (laughs) did love that The, the great part about this match and, and a couple of the other matches in this show is just you have your straight, strong style stuff like you do with you know Naito and Hama, the tag, that tag match, or the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match, or the Never Open Weight. Those are all sort of known quality or quantities. But, you know, Tanahashi and Yano is much more of an entertainment-based match. You have Shibata and Sakuraba, which is its own little shoot fight thing. 
So the, you'll get your usual stuff that you've been getting, and then they'll throw in something different to sort of almost prepare you for what's to come later as far as sameness, you know. Um, I probably could have put that in a more eloquent manner, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we move on from this, and it was fun. I don't want to take away from that. It's a fun match. It's just, you know, it's not it's not your wrestling classics that we're about to get into here, like, like the IWGP Intercontinental title match. Uh, newly uh, newly minted champion Hiroki Goto defends against the old champion Shinsuke Nakamura. 23 minutes-ish. Um, they build on a nice slow base. They work up to an amazing finish. Uh, there's a lot of near falls on Nakamura's part to almost make it feel like he's about to win the belt back. But Goto ends up retaining uh, with a Shotenkai. I lose my mind because I'm a giant Goto fan. And this match, the, the, two, the second of the three match of the year candidates on this show, in my opinion, too. Yeah, what did you think, Chris? Yeah, I totally agree with Paul. It was just, it was from the, like, the matter what, from beginning to end, it was just great. Uh, I love uh, Nakamura's, uh, I loved his uh, ring, ring attire when he came in. Uh, I loved, just, I just loved everything about it. it. It felt like a really important match. It felt like a really, you know, the crowd was into it. It felt, you know, it felt really even at the very beginning and then, uh, Goto kind of took control, and also Nakamura comes back, and you know I think he's going to win the belt, and uh, you know it was just, it was just, it was just really good. And then like the last like two minutes was like, you know finisher, 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 and then just like holy crap, <laughs> it was just like, yeah, it was just, it was great. I yeah, definitely matched to your candidate, absolutely. Oh yeah, for for certain. And you know the crowd was into it. I loved it. I mean, it was just a blast to watch. I mean, at the beginning of it, you're wondering where they're going to go and how is this match going to end. And you know, you hope it gets to be where it does end up getting with those last two minutes that were stellar. You hope it gets there. And it, I was very very happy that my you know hopes were actually fulfilled. So I, I thought you know we did have a chance for Nakamura for sure. They they really led me down that path. But go to retaining was just fine with me. And um, great greater from both these guys' part. Everything we wanted from this match. Yeah, I agree. I think just I love the way that they they kind of built up slowly, and then you got into just the crazy stuff there at the end. Um, the Ninja Mura stuff is, was fantastic, uh, because, you know, Goto's pretty much like a samurai sort of dude, so, you got the Ninja Samurai thing, so, um, who, who the hell would have thought somebody come out with a sequin freaking ninja outfit? Just Only running. Nakamura could yeah. pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else in the world could even come close to pulling that off. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, cause nobody else would look cool doing that. Only Nakamura, this is great. Mm, and it. I'm glad that Goto uh, got to retain because I was worried there. Because talk about, I mean, something we could talk about with Okada, which I didn't think about until I had talked to some other people that how bad it would have made Okada look in the eyes of the fans if he lost again to AJ. Same thing here. If Goto loses again, talk about he already has that super choker name. Talk about super super choker at that point. Okay. Mm hmm. I think that Super Choker is what makes Goto so interesting to me. Is the, and I've said it on here a lot, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Um, more tur- I mean, so many new Japan Cup tournament wins. He's won the G1 before, multiple time Intercontinental Champion now. Multiple, or he's won the tag titles. He's he's even had some junior heavyweight accomplishments before he moved up to the heavyweight division too. So, just 
just so close and never is able to grab the the brass ring, as it were. Um, so now uh, we get to the main event. It's the one everybody's pretty much been waiting for in the building because by the time Styles and Okada are in the ring, that the place is about as loud as I've ever heard a New Japan crowd. Uh, Okada takes on IWGP Heavyweight Champion AJ Styles. Uh, it's I mean. Jesus, they, they, they went for it in this one, and it totally delivered. The ending sequence might be the best ending sequence to a wrestling match I've ever seen. It's smooth, it's effortless at times, and Okada comes out of it with the damnedest rainmaker I've ever seen to get that uh, his third reign, I believe, with the championship. Uh, Larry, uh, over at 411, threw it five stars. I think PW Torch threw it five stars. Um, just, it's a, it's a wonderful match, whether you agree with the ratings or not, but... Certainly a match of the year candidate in my book. Was it for you, Chris? Did you think this oh, was a five star? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, this match, it seemed, it was obviously two of the best workers in the company. And you could tell. It was, the match was just so smooth. It was so, it just, everything they did, like from, you know, from Styles kind of taking over and then kind of using using the uh, using the bullet club kind of to break Okada down and Okada getting really beat up and you know they did the they did the, the story so well and then I mean what's better than a ref telling both AJ and the bullet club to suck it and uh, <laughs> yeah red but, shoes yeah, is referee of the year <laughs> yeah I mean what's better than that it just like and I just love the reaction of like of the people yeah, like I think it was like uh, it was Matt from the uh, Young Bucks like laying on the ground, kicking like a little baby. And like, like I thought Doc Gallo was going to have a heart attack when he like took him <laughs> out. Cause the guy looked like, like his, his face is about to explode. Um, but it, yeah, it was just, uh, just everything about it. Like that, that ending sequence was just amazing. Everything was just so smooth and effortless and yeah, absolutely five stars. I'm, you know, I'm glad it was, it was a great match. Yeah, you know, we talked about match of the year candidates, and I don't know how this is not on uh, right there at the top of that list. Um, I know Paul has his list already, and I'm sure this one's pretty darn high on it. It's got to be. So, I mean, looking at this, I mean, it it was everything we wanted it to be, right? I mean, we wanted it to be uh, smooth. We wanted it to be, you know, technically great at times, and it was everything, all the above. You just can't get any better than matches like this. And so I was thoroughly entertained. I mean, come on. I just watched a ton of matches that were not short, you know, and I thought, man, I may be worn out close to the end here. And, wow, this is re-energizing. The match before it, hey, it got you up, but this one got you up even more. So thrilled, very thrilled. And I am so happy with Okada's victory here. Um, You know, I wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure if this was the time. I'm glad they made it the time, though, for Okada. Yeah, this was freaking awesome. Just uh, this, I mean, the stuff with the Bullet Club kind of goes off with some of their other stuff, so it was a great way to kind of go back to that and then be able to just, like, kick them out and go, okay, we're going to have the match now. And just, I like that it wasn't them just going balls to the wall. There was build-up to it. They would do a move, and then there's a little bit of time for the next thing to happen. And then, you know, that's when you get to that great ending sequence. It makes it mean more because 
you had been this build up and build up and build up until you get to that and it's like oh my god this is ridiculous and then oh you think Okada might have screwed up and he's going to go for a second uh, Rainmaker and it's going to screw up and oh no he actually hit it and then oh my god he won and it's like wow this just what a culmination to a, a great night of wrestling so yeah I would uh, I would put it in that, that whole five star category uh, so are we putting a number on this bad boy as a whole show, or? Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard not to, not to give it a nine. It's, how, how do we, it's, it's comparable up to, I mean, I think Russell Kingdom 9 might edge it out a little bit, and as far as having more matches that are kind of, you know, to, to, I mean, having more matches that might, like, cohesively be better, but it's equal on equal footing for me. Chris, what would you think? What, what, what number you would you like to put on it? Uh, since I'm a basic newcomer to New Japan, I don't have a lot to compare it to. I'm going, honestly, a 9.5. I was entertained through the whole thing. Uh, I enjoyed, you know, three matches the mm-hmm. uh, year candidates on it. Uh, there's no like, oh my god, this is trash, this is filler. Uh, um, and the only reason I give it 9.5, the extra half point is because I don't speak Japanese. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, I, this is very difficult because I knew this was going to come up on the show, and, and thinking about it, nine was a first thought for me. Nine was exactly my number. It, it's just so hard. You know, what Sean just said a second ago. It's the fact that Wrestle Kingdom it was such a big show, such great events happening during that whole show. And I think I gave that a nine. And can I really compare this one? I don't know. I want to. Uh, my safe bet here, I'm just going to do this for my safe bet because if Wrestle King, the next Wrestle Kingdom is better, I want to be able to use a nine. So I'm going to go 8.5, but this was an excellent show. Well, that next Wrestle Kingdom will be in the next year, so it won't matter. It'll be another year of, of you know, all the event, you know, of your awards. It'll be the next year, so you'll be starting yeah. over again. That's okay. I'm comfortable with 8.5. I'll just stick with that. What about you, Paul? So, uh, I finished watching the show, and I'm trying to figure out a number because I didn't know if we were going to do this or not. And the closest I've come to giving a 10 on this show has been NXT Evolution, And if I, did I think it, this show was better than that? I did not. Uh, even though this show has three match of the year candidates on there, I still couldn't justify giving it a 10. I can, however, give it a nine five because there's nothing bad on this show uh, at all. Even, even stuff that was only just there, I still thought was good. The stuff that was great was stupendous. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, I don't know if we can name a wrestling show this year that's had three Match of the Year candidates on it. Uh, Wrestle Kingdom only had two for me. And I think that, and so did uh, Money in the Bank, uh, also had two. So, certainly my front runner for show of the year so far, I think. See, that, that was the only thing I couldn't do it because I thought Nakamura and Ibushi was better than Nakamura go to. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, very interesting. So, and I mean, the, I mean, the cool thing about this whole event is that apparently they haven't run Osaka Joe Hall in like twenty years. Yeah, twenty years, and they sold it out. Yep. And, you know, so once again, AJ doing some, some drawing there. So, I mean, I think uh, when you – and, you know, you, you talk about this being a big – this felt huge, except for I could have really done without the rock star announcer. That was so annoying <laughs> to me. I like the Chris, but God, that's so annoying. The person was also at uh, Wrestle Kingdom this year, too. I, I hate it, too. I, it feels really fake to me, but um, – it's something that New Japan has done before, especially since they've got uh, that long ass ramp and all that stuff. It makes you feel like another WrestleMania. All that stuff, like they have to walk down that huge thing, and it has the name of the show all down it. Just like you know, just it's it's cool, and it's like a cool spectacle. The building is beautiful. Like it just it's like one of those that goes up, and you see everything. It's just that's that's really cool. Yeah, I mean this this is their SummerSlam, so it certainly I think fit the bill as far as being one of the, their larger shows of the year. Definitely, and uh, it was a thrill to watch, and I'm so glad we got an opportunity to watch it. And if you have not watched it, and you're just listening to us give our opinions on it, hey, trust us all. Go check it out. You will not be sorry at all. Um, it'll be a blast for you, and I guarantee. So, um, well, guys, that was Dominion. Uh, a lot of fun talking about it. I, I couldn't wait. I'm glad we got a chance to all you know sit down and get, get into it. Uh, but we want to do something else. We have been kind of looking at maybe you know doing some more rankings on the show and kind of doing some you know addressing some things like top fives, maybe number one this and all that kind of great stuff. So we wanted to do a segment where we gave our top five New Japan wrestlers, and we're going to do that right now. Uh, so Sean, lead us on the way. All right, Chris. All right, uh, I'll start with five, work my way up to one. Um, number five, I have Kazushi, um, uh, Sakuraba. Uh, like I said earlier, I just, I just think he's like a, just a really cool, just like an old dog, you know, and just, I don't know, something about him I just like, he's just, you know, just whether it's just, just his mannerisms or what, you know, something about it, just, just something about him I just enjoy. Um, next on four, I got Kyle O'Reilly. Um, nothing against Bobby Fish or anything, but I've seen, you know, just watching Kyle O'Reilly, I really feel like he could be, at least in ROH, I don't know about New Japan, but I feel like he could be a really big star. I just, I, I just see something in him where he could just be a really big star. Um, I really, I enjoy his work. Uh, number three, I have Kushida. I mean, his work speaks for itself. But, I mean, the guys, plus I love the whole, uh, time splitter. Um, tag team, I love the whole tag, um, Tysler gimmick. Uh, number two, I couldn't decide between AJ or Okada, so I just them both. 
Um, they're both, I mean, they're both obviously just great. Just great what they do, obviously. Um, I mean, put on the best match I've seen in a, you know, probably, if not ever, really, really long time. Uh, number one, personal favorite, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, the guy just oozes, oozes, uh, charisma. The guy oozes talent. He oozes everything. Um, he just, he's just great. Um, so that's my, that's my number one. Awesome. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm probably not the most qualified here to really break this down. I mean, we've watched New Japan for a while now, but I'm still getting used to these guys, still learning them every time we watch a show. Um, so I'm going to run down my list, and I, I just kind of think that these guys deserve it for me personally. Uh, my number five has to be Nakamura. I, I just think he's such a great talent. He's got everything embodied. I mean, there's a reason they are got, they've got him on such a pedestal right now. Uh, my number four is Koshida. Very, very impressive. I mean, uh, I, not only is he just a giant star, this guy's got so much talent and, you know, charisma. Even if he doesn't mean it to be charisma, he's making it happen for me. Uh, so I, I can't go against him, and plus I love him in the time splitters. Wonderful, wonderful wrestler. Um, for me, uh, number three has to be Goto. I love Goto. Uh, I think this guy just, not only historically he's been great, but this guy overall has so much talent. Very, very, uh, I don't know how to explain just very technical at times. Just I, I just everything about Goto is a blast to watch, and he never bores you. My number two has to be. I, I just have to say AJ Styles. The guy is not only drawing power, but every match he's in, he makes it feel important. He's just a big star. I just love this guy. Uh, not was never just a giant AJ Styles fan beforehand. Not just because of TNA. Just I just wasn't into him, but. Every time I see him on New Japan now, I, I just think he's all in, and he's a great guy, and I just enjoy watching him. And number one for me is Okada. It's funny. I got the two guys. We just talked about the, paper, the, the, the Big Dominion show on my top two, but I think even if I wouldn't have watched this, this would still be my list. Okada for me is the level. He is the top guy for me personally. When you talk about New Japan wrestling, that's the face for me of New Japan wrestling. I just think he's one of the best uh, that they've ever had for me. I love this guy, and he deserves to be number one in my book. All right, Paul. So I forgot that this was current, so I made like five different lists. Uh, so awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, it gets, it's, it's messy, uh, so I'll just stick with the, the New Japan one that I heard at the start of the show. Uh, five is Kushida for me. Not only the best uh, Japanese-based uh, junior heavyweight in New Japan, maybe the best current junior heavyweight in all of Japanese wrestling right now. Uh, four, I gave to Hiroki Goto. Even though he's my personal favorite, there's some guys you just can't, can't put him over. But even still, the dude is the very definition of strong style wrestling. Hard-hitting, lots of kicks, lots of lariats, stiff style. You can't go wrong with the Hiroki Goto match. Uh, three, I gave to Hiroshi Tanahashi. He is their ace right now. Uh, and he's almost like a mirror universe of John Cena, where he has the talent, he has the ability, but people like him. And it's not just ladies and children, it's guys. And he's just, he is their top guy, even though we have a bunch of guys battling at the top right now who aren't him. Uh, number two, I gave to Okada. Uh, insanely talented, effortless charisma at times. He, he carries his whole role so well. 
Uh, and it is their future ace once Tanahashi either gets too old or decides to step down from that role. Um, but number one is Shinsuke Nakamura, the almost bad boy of New Japan. He's got the charisma. He's got the talent. He pulled off a freaking spandex, sparkly ninja uniform. He's been a king. I just, y- you cannot go wrong with Nakamura at all. So he, he, to me, is the best in New Japan right now. Gosh, Paul, man, I was really hoping Naito was on uh, on that number one. <laughs> I put him in my list. I, I would love it too, but I, I couldn't put him in my list because I had to be honest with myself and, and just oh, look at the guys. Man, you could do it, Gary. It's your list. I know. You know? I know it's my list, but I'm going to try to be a little bit smarter about it and not just my heart. Well, I, I'll give you – uh, I did kind of the same thing. I had to leave Hanma off my list even though he would be if I didn't have to be sort of objective about it because uh, I just love him. I want to watch like every match he's in um, because uh, it's just uh, – it, he, he makes you want to pay attention. Like you, you just – you want to feel for him, you know. So um, probably because I think the first time we ever watched it, he was like one of the first guys we ever saw. I was just like – Somehow, I, I feel drawn to this person. Uh, number five uh, is Goto for me. I really just enjoy everything he does. Like he has like some of the coolest moves of anybody. Like and then he also has like some of the coolest names for moves. <laughs> just, um, I love like the, just, the, the more he carries for himself. Just um, Patrick Ketz is on the line by the way. He's just not talking because he's waiting for us to do beast in the east. But um, yeah, that's why you're hearing weird noises every now and then. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, anyway, uh, number four for me is, uh, Kushida. Just, you know, there's just this, like, ever since I first saw the, um, the him doing the stuff as a kid, like, moonsaulting and all that stuff, and wrestling with his dad and whatever, that just kind of drew me in. He has, like, probably the coolest music in all of New Japan, and then just him wrestling is, is fantastic. Uh, just, just um, love watching him do his thing, and then just watching him throughout the whole Best of Super Juniors kind of solidified that for me. Uh, number three is Hiroshi Tanahashi. He's just so good. It doesn't matter that, you know, his, his, you know, who knows if we're watching kind of the late years of him or whatever. He just keeps bringing in every match he's in. The G one's really gonna be able to tell you whether he's gonna be on the decline or not, and I hope he's not because after that he has a fantastic match against Hiroshima on DDT, and I want that to be awesome. Uh, number two, uh, Nakamura, just, how can you not like, I don't, I dare someone to watch New Japan and go and watch a ma- uh, match with Nakamura and go, I don't like this guy. Like, there's no way you can, you can watch a Nakamura match and go, I'm not drawn to continue to watch him, whether it's his crazy entrances or just his, uh, the way he does things with the ring is awesome. And Okada, number one, because he's just awesome. He makes eff- wrestling look effortless. He just, he's so good, and his character is good. Just the the whole thing with uh, with Ghetto, they just match together great, and uh, it's it's gonna be awesome to see him take that ace mantle and carry New Japan in the future. Yeah, so it, it looks like if we were gonna have, you know, when we do Superstar of the Week, we kind of look at everybody's list here. But I mean, right now, Okada's got two votes. So, I mean, right now as it stands, if we were to, you know, value this up, Okada would be our number one. Um, but looking at the list, I'm trying to think who the number two would be. I know I had AJ Styles at number two. 
Um, Sean, what was your number two again? I had Nakamura. Nakamura, and Paul actually had Nakamura number one. So I think Nakamura definitely is right underneath. Um, this is just for fun, but I just think it's kind of interesting. I like to look at these things and kind of average them out. So, um, But, you know, I, I think all the guys that were mentioned in this segment uh, definitely deserving of great honor. Uh, they're the reasons we watch New Japan and why we love it so much. And so if you heard some of these names and you don't know much about them, go check them out. I mean, they really are worth it. Chris gave us a great list of guys as well, and some of those guys are just so valuable. So uh, go definitely go find some matches on the with those guys in it. So, All right, man. Well, that is some New Japan for everybody. We'll have some other New Japan news coming up. But before we do, we're going to stick around in Japan, and we're going to head over uh, and talk some Tokyo wrestling, where we're going to have Beast in the East. And saying that, I need to welcome Patrick Ketza. Man, how's it going? I'm hoping you guys can hear me. Yes. Yeah, I'm clear. Okay, good, because apparently the mute on my phone doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. It's all right. All right. So I, real, real quick, I am sorry about the goofy noises. Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good, though. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this show. So. Definitely. Man, we're excited to have you. Um, you know, uh, when Sean told me that you were going to be on, I was like, oh, that's great. I, you know, I was glad you heard about it and that we were going to be a part of it. So, uh, well, Sean, let's go ahead and play some of that great music for uh, this show. Do we have music? Do you have music? I thought you had music no. for it. You don't? Oh, gosh darn it. I was looking forward to hearing that music again. That's okay. Uh, so let's just jump into this head first, guys. <laughs> let's talk about Chris Jericho versus Neville, the first uh, the show, and of course, it's kind of neat, you know, no fanfare, just all of a sudden you get to hear Jericho's music play, and here we go, we're off and going, and I think, you know, him and Neville put on a pretty decent bout here, it was fun to watch, you know, we haven't seen Jericho in a while, so getting a chance to see Jericho and uh, just interact with a guy like Neville with his ability, it was a blast to see. Now, we did have Jericho going over here with the Lion Tamer, which was kind of classic, we saw a lot of those classic moments from Jericho. So overall, you know, what did you guys think about Before this? we talk huh? about the match, though, I think we need to Go give ahead. credit where it's due because we talk crap about them all the time. Michael Cole and Byron Saxon were wonderful during this little two-hour show except until they get to the main event where it's basically like Raw happened all of a sudden. But I, I pretty much turned it off when we got to the main event. But anyway, <laughs> uh it, it, I think Michael Cole and Byron Saxon deserve some credit because they they really made you feel like if you didn't know anything about these guys, you learned something. And it felt like what announcers should feel like when you watch a show and not them making stupid jokes and and talking about other dumb things that have nothing to do with the show and, and all that. So probably has to do with Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn not doing anything to do with this show. But still. Yeah. You know. It shows you they can be announcers when given the direction to be announcers. Great point. And not only that, you had two guys, and you didn't have those antagonists that you were talking about. Uh, we didn't have all you know JBL or Lawler or anybody else that were part of this. So you just got young Brian, uh, Byron Saxton, and of course you got Michael Cole, who you know he can do a good job as long as you know he's you know put in a good place. So um, good point, Sean. Uh, but. Chris, what did you think about this? This match was kind of interesting to me. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, it gave a lot of time, which I was, I was happy about. I mean, like 13, 15 minutes, somewhere in there. Um, 
I was a little surprised that Jericho went over, but then again, I'm not. It's probably his last match in Japan for WWE, so I was, you know, it was a good way to get him, uh, you know, have a going away party. Uh, only, only, only gripe I had with this match was Jericho just seemed really slow. Sorry, uh, car going by. I'm sitting outside. Uh, but uh, Jericho seemed really slow uh, next to uh, Neville, and you know, kind of aged him a little bit. But um, I mean, other than that, the match was really great. They had a good chemistry together. Uh, they both did some great moves and great timing, and I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. Awesome, that's great. Uh, it, it, did you? What did you think, Patrick? Did you think it was a good match? Um, I I do agree. I I think this was probably the the, the first real time. Uh, that I've noticed that Jericho kind of showed his age a little bit. Um, as, as far as Neville winning, though, I really have, or, or excuse me, as far as Neville losing, um, I really have no issues with it because, well, like we said, you know, a, 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 a Japanese crowd is kind of going to be more familiar with Jericho than with Neville. Um you know, and I think they just wanted to give him the hot opener and kind of really get the crowd into it. So I, I think, because essentially it, it does kind of equate to a throwaway match. Most of them are, aside from one match on the card. Um, but I thought, yeah, I thought it was a really good opener, and I would actually dare say probably just it was most likely the second best match on the entire card. You bring up a great point, Patrick, and that's the fact that Jericho going over here, uh, you know, of course, that you know, like you said, he's had a history in Japan. They know him and they, you know, support him. I just thought it was kind of interesting because they did choose this show specifically for him to win where they've had him lose other matches. Uh, I think he – I know he's definitely lost to Finn Balor, um, but he's lost other ones, I believe. Maybe not. He's, he's fought Harper over there, so he's probably beaten Harper. It's just kind of interesting to me. But, you know, that's a great point. You know, uh, I mean, we're talking about Jericho looking slow, but when you look at who's on the other side of the ring with him, Neville is in his prime and is faster than a hiccup. So, I I don't know. I mean, Jericho has looked older. You could see age is starting to get to him. But I think it's only just so obvious because Neville was blowing around him because it's Neville. uh, that That's what he does. Uh, That that being said, this match is, is wonderful. I really love this match. They worked a very much... Uh, younger guy versus older guy with the younger guy is just pretty much trying to do everything he can to prove himself and get the victory. And Jericho is just, he's just those three couple steps ahead of Neville the whole time. Uh, and it ends up getting the win with the lion tamer, uh, which makes, I mean, Neville look all. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All kinds of strong, in my opinion, because Jericho only busts out the lion tamer when somebody is giving him a hard time. So I... Real, real quick, sorry, but real quick to make a point from earlier as far as my guess is Vince McMahon and Kevin Dunn had to be asleep during this show or something because Michael Cole actually called it properly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you the last time that I saw Chris Jericho put on a lion tamer, an actual lion tamer, that Michael Cole didn't call it uh, the walls of Jericho just with an added meat. He actually called it the lion tamer, which surprised the hell out of me. It was also surprising that they, I mean, that it wasn't as surprising that they mentioned Jericho's history in Japan, but they actually called, talked about Neville's too and his, his stint with Dragon Gate where he pretty much won every belt under the sun but the main one, uh, the Open the Dream Gate title. So uh, just I, surprising all over the place. I, I have no problems with this match at all. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, this match was really good. I think if it wasn't for the pageantry and all the other stuff that goes with Balor and Owens, this is your match of the night. And I know some people actually like this more than Balor and Owens. Um, this was really good. I really liked the way they did it. Uh, like Paul mentioned, I think he hit a spot on there. And, it, yeah, you know, Jericho might look a little slow, but he was definitely carrying his own weight there. It wasn't Neville kind of leading Jericho along here. It was it was really good. I enjoyed it. And, and you know what? Let's go is not the hardest thing to say in English, but I really appreciate that the Japanese fans chanted. It felt like you're watching a WWE show in Japan, like there was actual noise, and it wasn't people trying to put themselves over and have stupid chants and doing the wave and whatever. I sort of really enjoyed this more than what you get sometimes with an American crowd where they just go way over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the American crowd tries to put themselves over sometimes and, <laughs> you know, they want to be the rowdy crowd. They want people to be talking about them. And, you know, it's not about that. It's about what's in the ring. So maybe I'm old school like that, but I, I agree with you, Sean. I'm glad this crowd was kind of a, a breath of fresh air at times. Um, well, the next match we have here on the card is a Divas Championship match. And, of course, we get the champion, Nikki facing off against Tamina, and, of course, the other one, Paige. And this is going to be one that I mean, I'm really, really curious what you guys have to say about it because I, I personally didn't think it was too terrible. Um, the most interesting thing here, and maybe it makes sense, um, but Nikki wins with a forearm, which we know now that she does have a shoulder injury. I think it's separated from what I hear. Uh, so saying that, what did you think about the match overall? And did you think the finisher was the appropriate finisher? Or do you think they should have found something else for Nikki to use as the finisher? Uh, but Patrick, what did you think? Uh, you guys aren't going to like, probably are not going to like what I have to say. I'll say it anyway. I actually thought this was horrific. Um, to me, probably one of the worst Divas matches of the entire year, and that's saying something. Mostly because of the fact that if Nikki and Cage were any louder, I probably could have written down every spot that they had in their entire match <laughs> and remade the entire hey, game. that sign that says, yeah. I'm deaf. So, I'm pretty you know. sure that person could hear them. Um... I, as, as far as like any overwhelming botches or anything, it didn't seem 
too horrific, but it's just, you know, and, and Paige and Nikki are both infamous for being really loud in their matches. I don't know what it was, but they seemed twice or 40 times as bad in this case. As far as Nikki winning via the form, what's her other finisher? The rack attack, where she has mm-hmm. actually take an opponent and put them up on her shoulders. And then not only that, you know, dropping to her knees, most of that weight's going to be on her shoulder. So actually, if anything, using the forearm as her finisher, unless they were going to, you know, do a, a tight pull or something like that, the forearm finisher probably was the best way to go. Well, I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, if she uses the forearm that's not separated, it's not hurting her. So, you know, uh, I liked it. I, I like, I mean, aside from the spot calling, which, you know, we can, ra- you know, I mean, John Cena is, is the worst about this, but I'm not going to rag on him for spot calling. I mean, it's it's whatever. Um, I, it, it drives me up a wall. I, I, I know that, you know, they're decent for being caught, it, caught with doing it once or twice, maybe, but probably combined between the two of them, if not double digits, close for this match. Yeah, but I still think this was actually really... I thought it was really well-worked match as far as Nikki and Paige are concerned. Uh, Tamina was a total waste. Um, she really shouldn't have been there in the begin with. I know they were trying to do the whole triple threat. Naomi was supposed to be there, but she suffered a loss in her family or whatever. She didn't even go on the tour. But uh, I'd much rather would have seen Paige and uh, Nikki actually just work this style a little bit, you know, stiffer and, and just a little bit different than what we normally see them do without Tamina being there kind of wasting space. But I enjoyed it, and the forearm works for Japan. So And they've established the forearm before. She's won with it before, so it's not like it's just something yeah. she randomly put out of the hat. Well, what was your thoughts, Chris? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I thought it was fine. I thought it was... It was okay. I definitely thought Tamina was kind of a waste being there. She didn't really do a lot. Um, I could definitely, I could totally agree with Patrick on this whole thing. I was listening to it on headphones uh, because, you know, I mean, it was early. My kids were sleeping. So, but I could hear the spots so loud. Like, I mean, clear as day. I could, I could like, I like Patrick, I written it down. Um, but, I mean, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to, like, you know, bash him, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It was an okay match. I think, like Sean said, I think it would have been better just to me just to sit down and just have a singles match and do whatever. As far as the finisher goes, uh, it seemed really kind of, I don't know, I guess I was, I totally forgot about this, about the shoulder issue. So, I mean, that makes sense now. But, I mean, they go with the distraction roll-up so much, or a roll-up, why not just use that um, at a house show, especially, but, um, and they probably want to make it special because it, it was a special event. But, you know, I mean, I thought it was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't anything horrible. It wasn't anything, you know, great. But it was, it was all right. Yeah, I personally didn't have a problem with how this match was worked, even with, with Tamina in there and all that. Uh, it was fun. I felt it was engaging and well-paced, even though their spot calling was loud. I mean, even though you knew it was coming, it was still well put together, I feel so. Uh, I, I hated the finish, even with Nikki's shoulder hurt. I would have preferred some heelish tactics or something like that. Because the forearm sort of came out of nowhere just when I felt like the match was starting to hit. 
near the fever pitch, not exactly the pitch uh, where you should end it. So just my two cents. You know, everybody knows that I, right now at this time on the main roster of WWE, I don't have any expectations for any Divas match. So going into this, no expectations, got what I got. And, you know, it, it was okay, whatever. I, I wasn't thrilled, but I'm never really thrilled with any of their matches right now. I, I'm waiting for the day that I can come on one of our shows, whether it be a special whether it be a regular wrestling mm-hmm. to the max show for me to say, oh my God, this is actually happening. This was a beautiful, wonderfully done match. That's uh, still not happening, even on this special. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, we move on, though, to something that uh, isn't spectacular either, but it's fun, I guess you want to say. We have Brock Lesnar ready to murder Kofi Kingston. And uh, we, we get to this match, and I think it happened the way we thought it would, probably. Uh, Kofi Kingston got a few shots in, but for the most part, this is about Brock Lesnar destroying Kofi Kingston, even chasing him around the ring, which I was kind of surprised a little bit. I didn't think he was actually going to do a whole chase. Uh, and then, of course, we get what we get. F5 finishes off uh, Kofi Kingston. And the New Day decides they're going to come in and attack Brock Lesnar. But guess what? They get gifts as well, F5s. So there you go. New Day is put down, and Brock Lesnar looks strong after this. I mean, how could he not? So, I mean, even though this is pretty much a glorified squash and, you know, it was just kind of a fun little thing for people to get a chance to see Brock Lesnar in Japan again, what was your thoughts on this, Chris? I mean, did you think it was, you know, a waste of time or did you actually enjoy just seeing a squash for Brock Lesnar? No, I mean, no. It was, you know, I knew it it wasn't going to be, like, a legit match. I knew it was going to, you know, Brock was absolutely going to murder Kofi. and Which is totally fine. You know, I was there pretty much just to show off Brock Lesnar and have him make an appearance and leave. Uh, I thought him just decimating the New Day was kind of was kind of interesting because I was kind of amazed how he just, I mean, just threw around uh, Big E like a freaking rag doll. I mean, it was like the dude weighs like, oh, like 250, 300 pounds, and the guy just picks him up like nothing, just throws him on the house. It was like, it, you know, that was pretty impressive. So, you know, I mean, it wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything. I was expecting exactly what I got. And I thought it was fine. Uh, I, mean, I, I agree. Patrick, what was your thoughts? It, it, it was what it was supposed to be. I mean, and, and in the end, we got, you know, Brock, Kill, and Kofi. But at the same time, I think, you know, Kofi is somebody who would be willing to take the licking. He got in some, you know, some of the Kofi spots that we expected. Um, it was a way to get Brock onto the card, look strong, um, you know, be able to sell, you know, the, the beast in the East. I mean, that was the entire point of the show. Um, I think it was good that it was not the main event because... Unlike SummerSlam, this is not a title match, so I, I wouldn't want a squash like this being the main event. So it it it, it delivered for me. Yeah, I mean, if I mean, maybe me thinking that Kofi getting in even like a fake, almost unrealistic, a minute or two of them sort of toying with a match idea before Brock just totally ate him was dreaming, but. I mean, this was fine for what it was. It's what everybody expected it to be. Uh, Brock gets to look incredibly strong, murdering the entire New Day. Uh, 
And it's not like it's going to hurt New Day all that much. I don't know how many people are actually going to see this. So, One thing, Paul, I thought was interesting is we didn't see Paul Heyman come out with him, which, you know, it's okay. This is Japan. But I, I just I kind of found that interesting that he didn't even make the trip, didn't even do a backstage walk-in, you know, the building with him or anything like that. Uh, is there any significance to that, or are they just saving money? <laughs> Probably that, and probably Heyman. I mean, he does a lot of other stuff besides just WWE now, too. So, mm, Heyman um, Hustle. Yeah, Heyman Hustle. He's got his own uh, company, too, looking for Larry. Um, so, may, maybe he just couldn't fit it into his schedule. Maybe WWE didn't want to pay him. Maybe, I mean, it's not like he was incredibly necessary for a two minute squash, you know? Yeah, yeah. He just, it's so funny not to see him with Paul Heyman. What, what did you think about the match, Sean? It was. Uh... Kofi getting murdered. I mean, what, what do you expect? <laughs> I mean, just it's what you wanted it to be. It's a spectacle for the Japanese crowd, and it works. And then Brock got to have a little uh, backstage thing where he tells the authority, well, I'm coming on Monday, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Real, real, real quick, can, 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 if I could cut off real quick, just so I could have the match times. I, I have the Wikipedia page up right now on my phone as I'm talking to you guys. And it actually says Brock Lesnar brutally murdered Kofi Kingston. <laughs> 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 I love it. <laughs> oh, man. You got to screenshot that. Uh, but, um, you know, what was, you know, like I said, most interesting is that they, they, they give time and all that, but um, Brock Lesnar is just a big attraction. I think you know the crowd probably appreciated him making the trip and being a part of this tour. So I was thrilled to see Brock Lesnar do that for them. Uh, well, you know we get another big match, and to me personally, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree. We'll find that out. It's for me personally another match of the year: the WWE NXT uh, Championship, and of course that it means that you're going to have Kevin Owens, and he's going to face off against Finn Balor, the Demon. And this match was a blast to watch. I loved it. I, I for sure, for me personally, was that match of the year. Um, so, I mean, looking at this whole thing, we get a lot of false finishes, a lot of great moments. In the end, we do get finally uh, Finn capping this off and getting the win. What was your thoughts watching this, Patrick? I mean, were you thinking this is definitely a match of the year, or did you? I just want to know overall what you thought. Um. Easily match of the night. I don't know that I would go match of the year even just for the WWE, but this would definitely make a top five for me. Um, It's something that that Sean and I were were talking about earlier in between uh, the shows that we've done tonight. um, Is that I essentially had to make a choice between Dominion and East in the East and this, for me, but, you know, me being the, the indie geek that I am, this was what sold me, just because I wanted to see this match. And I I thought it came off spectacularly, the fact that, you know, we actually got traditional championship ceremonies, um you know, down to the flowers, and I thought Owens tossing the flowers was great as well. Um, and then, I I don't know why, but for me, the moment of the entire show was seeing 
actual streamers being thrown in a WWE ring. And I, I, and I don't know why it's just, you know, and for a long time it was my cover photo on my Facebook page. Um, but just seeing Finn Balor, you know, with his arms out with, with streamers being thrown all around him, I thought was absolutely spectacular. Um, I thought they put on an absolute hell of a match, easily the best match of the show. Um, and to see Finn Balor come back home, well, to his second home, his home away from home, and win the championship, I thought was great. And I don't think makes Owens look any weaker going into Battleground and most likely going into SummerSlam. I, I thought everything hit on all cylinders with this. Yeah, you're completely, you know, right. I think it did definitely hit in all cylinders. And, and Sean, I love what Patrick said. It is so odd to see those streamers in a WWE ring. I never thought I would see it. I mean, what was your thoughts as you saw that? And, of course, you saw this big match. Yeah, that was uh, funny because it seemed like the the crew had no idea what to do with the streamers, whereas, you know, our rates, they immediately just put it under the ring, and that's that's good for them, right? Like, they just left it there in a pile on the floor. <laughs> just, uh, just the pageantry, everything, you know, the crowd just sitting there chanting for him as he gets the streamers thrown was fantastic. I, I, I loved all that. I think that, you know, WWE didn't have to do that, and they did. Now, Patrick, is that you with the phone? He is texting, I think. Good Lord. Uh, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> on your guys' page. I know, oh. but I'm, I'm hearing <laughs> your phone. <laughs> it's like ding, ding, ding. It's distracting. Ding, ding. Anyway, um, yeah, so I, right, think, okay. I think what also apparently uh, J-Sports, who is WWE's like, partner in, in Japan, might have had something to do with the production and all this kind of stuff, which is why it looked very nice. It didn't look like this overproduced thing that you normally see Raw be and all this stuff. I, I really just appreciate the way like, I felt like WWE had kind of come to Japan and let Japan soak them in instead of WWE coming to Japan and making it all about WWE. You know, so and that went along with this match, which was great. Um, uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Great near falls. Uh, I love the, the finish. Everything. Just seeing him do Bloody Sunday, though, makes me upset because I really wish he could just do Bloody Sunday as his finish and not the double stomp. But maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. I can definitely feel you on that. I think it's something that, you know, would be nice. But uh, Chris, we've talked about these two guys in WWE, but, you know, I don't know, not too long ago, we definitely wouldn't be talking about them in this company. If you just said they had a match in Japan, you're like, oh, okay, ROH, New Japan, who who has them in, on the roster this time? But with it being NXT, with it, you know, an NXT championship, and it's on the line in Japan, these two guys, you know, Prince David, 
basically. What, what do you think about this with Finn Balor winning this match? I thought it was a really good match. I loved, you know, I loved, I loved uh, like Sean just mentioned, the whole, it did not feel like a WWE match at all. Um, it felt like uh, a, ja- a Japanese match from the very beginning, um, including entrances and uh, the ring announcing and the streamers and the flowers, which I freaking marked out for Owen throwing the flowers out of the ring. And, <laughs> and when he had, when he had, uh, we had Balor in like a headlock or something like that. He's like, I freaking hate this country and everybody in it. And I just, <laughs> yeah, I just, I just thought it was hilarious. I just, it just, it, I, I thought the match was really good. I don't know if it was a match of the year contender. Like I kind of expected a little bit more, but I think it delivered um, for the most part. And I was, you know, I was happy to see Balor win the title. Uh, you know, it solidifies Balor. I feel like um, in NXT if he wasn't already solidified. But uh, I think it creates new, some really cool, fresh feuds. Um, I felt really bad for Hideo, though, showing him in the crowd. He's just kind of sitting there like, you know, the poor kid, you know, the kid that's picked last in the he soccer team or whatever. He so pissed. Yeah, I just felt yeah, so bad for the guy. Because this is probably supposed to be his night, I'm assuming. Yeah. But um, he'll get his. Um, you know, injuries unfortunately happen, but he'll get his. Yeah, I don't think this is the last trip to Japan for sure, and I don't think it's the last special. Hideo Hotami has time; he does. Um, Paul, I mean, I, I want to know from you these flowers because I, I I've watched a lot of Japan Japanese wrestling with you guys, but I don't remember seeing the flowers as much. What, where is this? Have you seen this? Is this a regular thing? It's fairly common in a lot of promotions. New Japan doesn't do it all that often, but they have done it a couple times this year. Uh, like for example, Kota Ibushi won the uh, the uh, the New Japan Cup this year. They gave him flowers. Um, I think I think Tanahashi got flowers when he successfully de- or defended the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom this year too. Um, but I, I might be wrong on that one. At, at any rate, though, it's still very cool. It is a distinctly Japanese flavor around a WWE style match. Uh, these two really worked their butts off in this match, and I feel like I mean Finn Balor. I really like that he's changing his back piece now because that Oni mask on his back looked badass as hell. Um, Bash personal flavoring and all that good stuff. Either way, they worked a great match. Uh, I almost agree with Sean about Finn not being able to do Bloody Sunday, but they did tease it, which I appreciated. Um, and, and there's no way you can't tell me now with a Tommy sitting in the crowd with that face that him and Balor is not going to be the feud that's going to dominate NXT for the rest of the year once he's healthy again. So you think we're getting a... A Tommy heel turn? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's going to be really interesting. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that now, so we'll have to check that out. Hopefully it happens sooner than later. Yeah, I mean, oh. it works too perfectly because Tommy's the guy who in story brought him in, and now he's the king, and he's hurt on the sideline. It's the perfect jealousy story that if we can't finish with Owens and Zayn, we can finish at least with these two, hopefully. I agree for sure. Just kind of like I, I, you know, I wish that they would have ended the show on this, um, but they didn't. Uh, we can move on to another match, and it's a tag team match between John Cena and Dolph Ziggler facing off against guess who, Kane and King Barrett. So we have this match, and of course, guess what? John Cena looks good in this. Of course, like always, Dolph Ziggler gets his shots in with you know Barrett doing his little things here and there along with Kane. So. I mean, really, not a whole lot to say. I mean, we, we know what happens here. 
of course, John Cena is going to be a victor here, and that means, of course, Dolph Ziggler gets to be a victor. I want to know from you, Chris, I mean, how did you feel about the match? But not only that, what do you feel about this being a main, the main event? I is so It didn't make any sense. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of did, because it's still a house show, I guess, in the end. But, but you know, with a special, I felt like, really, Balor and Owen should have been the main event. Um just makes sense on paper. Um, it's a title match. It just makes much more sense. Um, I mean, because honestly, after that match, I didn't even care about the tag match. I paid attention to it kind of here and there. I was mostly on my phone, or my daughter just woke up at that point, so I was talking to her or whatever. So I just, you know, I watched it, but I was like, eh, you know, I didn't, I, I came to watch what I wanted to watch already. So it was like, you know, the rest of the show just could have ended. I've been just, happy, just as happy. Yeah, I mean, Paul, this kind of seemed like a post-Raw match or something for me. It was not important. It had no significance. I mean, what did you think? I mean, do you think they should have definitely fixed this main event? I was so pissed that this was the main event, I fast-forwarded through most of it. <laughs> I didn't even care. I, I, I didn't at all. There is no reason this should have been the main event. <laughs> Yeah, Chris got up before I did, but I watched the rest of it live and then went back and watched. I think I had missed the Jericho match or something. And I just oh, I never I went even to, went to I, sleep, man. I, I went to I went to bed after the the Balor and whatever. I watched this later and it, I was like, you know what? Why am I wasting my time with a overly long heat segment on Dolph Ziggler that's not needed. It could have ended ten minutes earlier. Just my God, it felt like they're trying to kill time. Just uh, <gasps> I, you know what? Why didn't I would have much rather seen the two matches we didn't get on the show? Cesaro and Diego could have been a fun little like eight minute match, and you know, Lucha Dragons and and uh, New Day would have been fun. Like, why the hell did? We need to watch this. Just, uh. <laughs> yeah. We do have somebody else on the line, but before we get to that person, I, I just got to ask Patrick. I know you've got to bring the heat on this one. I want to hear what you have to say. It's a house show. As <laughs> <laughs> much as people, because I hated it, I, I did. But. As much as everyone wanted to, you know, completely crap on it and everything, Vince may have been asleep for the commentary. He may not have watched the show. Who knows? But there's no way in hell Vince McMahon was going to allow the NXT guys to show up his roster because Brock Lesnar may have been the one that they were trying to gear the show around. And like I said, Brock, you know, they were not going to let a squash be the main event. Unfortunately, and I hate saying this, but there was no way in hell they were going to let an NXT match be the main event. And I hate like hell saying this. It's it's also that Cena and uh, that tag was the advertised main event. 
So once you advertise something, it's really, I mean, I'm sure even the Japanese crowd wouldn't have cared, but it's its what's advertised. You kind of got to give it to them. Um, and to be fair, hey, they chanted, let's go Cena, Cena sucks. So that was funny yeah. to hear that. <laughs> just, I, yeah. I, trust me, I hated it. Could they have got, it's, it's just, would they have, it's been so, how do you feel fans would have felt with a 90-minute show ending with the NXT match and then Cena being the dark match in offense? They would not have allowed this. They, they needed to fit Cena in there. Was this match too long? Damn right. You know, this match was unnecessarily long. And we nearly fell asleep halfway through, and it wasn't just because of the fact that by this point it was 6 o'clock in the morning by me. You know, I, I just, I, I don't, I can't rake it over the cold as much as you were probably expecting it to me because of the fact that it fell where it needed to be. And it was... I'm not going to get this match any praise. I'm also not going to give Vince McMahon any praise for it. This match, this match was not the main event. This match was a televised dark match main event, is what it was. That's all it was. It was a televised dark match main event. That's it. Lord, listen to that vitriol. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris Lindsay, before we end this segment, what do you think about the show? Well, I mean, Sean. First of all, have you have you told everybody about the break breakthrough news that's going to change the face of everything? Oh yeah, Bram has once again been signed by TNA to a long term oh, deal. Oh Dude. my god! Oh <laughs> man, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is about like the fifth time I've heard about it on TNA Breaking News. By the way, which is the account you guys should follow. Yeah. <laughs> So they could tell you the same thing over and over. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. That way we can hear crickets. <laughs> <laughs> so what was your thoughts, Chris? We, we can't wait to hear them. Uh, it was pretty good. I didn't I didn't get a chance to see it live. Um, but I did, I did catch the entire show later on during the day. Uh, well, not the – I didn't stick around for the main event. But the Jericho Neville match was, was fine for what it was. Um, I – he, Jericho looks a little out of shape to me. I don't know if it was just me critiquing or he's just looking at his age or... I know. said that, so... Yeah. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to cut down the, on the beers. <laughs> yeah. I would just like to say real quick, whatever that background noise is of the w- woman talking in the background is not me this time and I refuse to take blame. Chris is at work, so... Yes, he's at work. <laughs> Still blaming Patrick, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's on you, bro. Oh, no. You will not blame me for this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Jericho Neville's good. Um, I, I think, isn't the, is the Balor match up online somewhere? Because that's the one I really wanted to see, Jericho and Balor. Yes, it, well, actually, you can go yeah. to our Wrestling to the Max Facebook page, and it is on there. Okay, well, I will check it out there. Yeah. Uh, really what, was, what was next? The Divas match, it was... You know, anytime Tamina was joined like in the action, it just slowed down. It was not that good. And Paige might as well have called herself John Cena in this because I could. She was spot calling like nobody else in this. Yeah, <laughs> it was ridiculous. 
Like I was just sitting there, like, oh, I could hear, like, literally, I could see what she, hear what she's saying. It's just ridiculous. I wonder how the Japanese fans so they don't understand the language. <laughs> Probably why they were doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot don't they were speak on English TV. here. We can be loud. You know the the Tamina parts were just like I maybe because she was a last minute addition, but it anytime she was a part of it, it just didn't work. And oh, like the Lesnar and Kingston was right after that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's that was what it was. I was talking about this with Jacob, and he wished it would have been more of a more of a match. But I was telling him like. You had Lesnar squashed on Cena a year ago, and this is going to be on TV. Kofi Kingston, with how he's been booked, should not get any like offense that hurts Brock at all. This is exactly what should have happened. If anything, I wish Lesnar would have F5'd all three of them at the same time. Yeah. Good Lord. We might have actually seen somebody die then. <laughs> yeah, <really. laughs> it reminds me of when I think I was talking to you about this, Paul. I wish Ziggler was a heel. That way we could see like Ziggler selling for for Brock, and he, like Brock will just touch him, and Ziggler's head is just already in the stand. <laughs> <laughs> Ziggler, I mean, that's, you know, Ziggler made a case for maybe he should be a heel again. On, well, with how he's been, with how he's been booked. He should turn heel because he's going absolutely nowhere. So, um, the Balor and Owens was just fantastic. It was just everything I wanted and more. Uh, Owens as a heel here was just amazing. Like him coming out saying he didn't like the country, throwing the flowers right back, and just his deadpan when all the streamers were in the ring was just beautiful. Beautiful. And yeah, this is this is fantastic. I'm glad Balor won. It was the right decision. I know. It, it must suck for Tommy because I'm sure this is supposed to be his moment. I'm sure this is where the GTS spot would have actually happened here. But Balor works for this, and I'm I'm glad he's champion. I hope I was going to really say I hope it's not for too long because I want him on the main roster soon. But if Owens can debut on the TV with the NXT belt, then there's no reason why Balor shouldn't at this point either. So, and I too did not stick around for Barrett. The minute I saw Barrett come, my screen was like, oh, turning off the TV now. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> and Trina. <laughs> yeah. really, uh-huh. Go ahead, Chris. I really wish there was like a way for them to like track when people turn it off because that would be so funny. If like, oh, they every- they do. They can. They have a way to track it to where you stop. Oh, okay. Uh, watching. I, yeah. I'm curious to see. I'll be curious to see. Those, I think they'll never release them, but I'll be curious to see those kind of numbers where where it just stops and when Barrett's face appears on the screen. Apparently they're happy with the numbers that they got, so that's good news for the future. Maybe having more of these. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Barrett has an excuse here, and no one's thinking about this. You know, with him coming out and he is the the king, I think he can honestly say, "Look, everybody saw me as a king." It's like what four or five in the morning for some people. They just said that they had to go get a croissant lunch at Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why what happened. You know, he can Wait, use that excuse. But Jerry Lawler's the Burger King, though. As, as, as per uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, at least at least this was kind of like a Japanese like tag match because she knew immediately who was going to take the fall. Before, you know, Baron is the captain of New Japan of the. So I guess Japan is by Hawaii since Kane was supposed to be on vacation this week. <laughs> no. You know is what? That... Watch them do the whole, 
we're in Hawaii, but we really went to a beach in Japan or something and <laughs> shot footage. <laughs> like, <laughs> or they'll uh, just act like that never happened. And mm-hmm. no, no, me. Oh, if you're, our fans are dumb. They'll never figure that out. Yeah. Um. Anyway, well, I mean, it, this is interesting, you know, and and. That pretty much wraps up Beast in the East, but we do want to add something in here that is very interesting, and I'm really curious to see Chris thinks about this as well. Um, we've had some New Japan tryouts for WB happen while they were over there. Uh, Okada. I think it's the, Japan tryouts, period. Is it just Japan? Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, I know the two big guys were from New Japan, which is Okada and, of course, Nakamura. Uh, these are big names, and for them to get a try on WWE, this is going to be interesting. Uh, I just I gotta know what you guys think, and you know, I, Chris, just in case for some reason you got to go. I know you're at work. I'm gonna start with you. What's your thoughts on that? What, what do you think could happen here? It's no. Is this confirmed? Because I heard it's just a rumor, or yeah, it's still I, I, in the rumor stage. Not true either. Okay. Well, if. <laughs> If they sign, it'd be, it's it's cool. It'd be nice to see them in NXT, but I'm still waiting. They'll, I'm sure they'll do wonderful in NXT, but just wondering how they when they get to the main roster, if they get some kind of stereotypical Japanese gimmick, then they're they're screwed. Because eventually, that's all Vince would see at them. Mm-hmm. It just seems kind of weird to me, you know, if they were to sign more than one. I mean, they already got Hideo Itami. Uh, just having more Japanese wrestlers, it'd be very interesting to see. Uh, well, I would, I would love it if like uh, a Tommy went heel, and that would be like his like stable, just them just going through guys in NXT. Oh man, that would be beautiful. <laughs> I would love to see that as well. Yeah, uh, see, but those are two guys right there. You cannot change their names because that's that's who they are. Like you just cannot like you're you're gonna bring them to WWE, and they're not gonna be Nakamura and Okada. Like that's just not gonna work like you know just i'm i'm kind of with paul on this like unless they're just throwing some obscene amount of money same thing with aj like don't bother because the chances of while vince is still around that you're really gonna get some kind of push is very very rare like, I'm still really worried about what's going to happen to Tommy if he ever gets the main roster because that's a whole different deal than having Triple H deal with you and he knows what well, you are and whatever. Well, remember, since Cesaro's Swiss, he can never connect with anybody, so these guys have no chance at all. So. Yeah. Well, maybe Balor because they really love, you know, the other Irish guy, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean... Christopher Hale, I mean, you're you've you know kind of watched these guys as well. What are your thoughts on this whole thing, even if it is rumor? Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it'd be cool, but I'm totally happy where they are right now, and I think, uh, you know, the only place they would be any any worth watching is NXT. I think once they get the main roster, I think they just get lost in the shuffle. Not because they're not talented or you know anything, but I just think they're both such a guess. You know, stereotypical Japanese. You know, main roster people, and I just think, I just think, I just don't think it would be in their best interest, in my opinion. Um, but of course, you know, I'm not the one that would be getting, you know, an obscene amount of money thrown my way to go to WB. So I guess if that's what it's about, then I guess it's up to them. But I would choose them just to stay in New Japan. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, what do you think, Patrick? Because that is interesting. You know, it's either stay in New Japan, do your thing. You've been doing it excellent, but do you take the money and run? I just, I, I, I think, ugh, I think this would be a extremely touchy thing to do. Um, and, and like you said, it, or like we said, it's, it's not because you know they're not talented. It's you know these these are two of the best in the world. But you know, obviously in in NXT, you know they would be absurdly huge. But it's it's to the point that they would. If they were anything but top, it's it's just it's it's these are like I said these are two of the best in the world, but if they're not booked as the best in the world, it could be a major drawback for a lot of fans. You know these these are two that are are going to be extremely touchy with the fans because of where they been if this whole thing is true so I, I i just i i don't know that i would like it because all of a sudden you know he could be booked huge but if if vince is still pushing the buttons by the time nakamura and okada were to the main roster i just i don't know how they would be looked at as with the fans. I just, I think it is, I think it would be too touchy as far as how, how they would be booked. It's, 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 I, I, I don't know that I could fully explain how, how things could go with them. It's, it's, I'm I'm like I'm I'm having trouble with it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I understand that it is very you know it's kind of mind-boggling just to, to to try to work it out to where it would actually work out and a good fit. And I, I like what a lot of you guys have said, and it's very interesting, uh, Paul, because these guys have come up with some good scenarios. A Tommy with a heel faction that could work with these guys, or if if they do come in, they do need to keep their name because they've got to keep that star power. I'm just kind of curious what you think about this because I know you've followed these guys for quite a while now. So here's the thing, first off, with anybody wanting to jump ship from New Japan to WWE. It's not like these guys are working for peanuts. It's not like these guys aren't making any real money. New Japan is the second largest wrestling promotion in the world. They're drawing great. They're arguably the biggest show in town in Japan. Even though they stay in those regions, they make an obscene amount of money. Um, And it's especially helpful that anybody who was competition in the 90s has sort of fallen flat on their face in the 2000s. And they're only just now either starting to regain ground or starting to right their ships. Uh, And Hideo Tommy is a great example. Kenta was the last big star Noah had after Misawa died. And a couple of their other guys bailed on him uh, with the Wrestle 1 Exodus from All Japan and all this other stuff. Uh, so essentially, Atami had nothing to lose coming to WWE uh, until Noah, until New Japan stepped in and sort of has righted Noah and made them into a sort of feeder league almost. Um, 
so when you're talking about guys like Okada and guys like Nakamura, who are arguably, as Patrick rightly said, two of the best wrestlers in the world and two wrestlers who are on top of their game in one of the second biggest wrestling promotion in the world and in a promotion that is firing on all cylinders as far as wrestling and booking and all that stuff. And you look at WWE, yes, they have the big paychecks. Yes, they're wrestling weekly in front of audiences bigger or roughly the same size as a big show like Dominion that we just saw weekly. Um, there's not... I don't know if there's a lot to be gained because, one, you don't know how the Hideo Tommy experiment is going to work out if once he makes it to the main roster, if he's going to work out. Two, the WWE product right now is in, either insanely stale, poorly booked, or both, depending on where you're at on the card. Uh, and very rarely do they hit on something like a Kevin Owens-John Cena feud in the last five years. Um, so, I, I, if it was me, I wouldn't leave New Japan uh, unless they threw me out the door. I, I would cling to every last pit, bit of arena that uh, New Japan's holding down that day and say, thanks for the offer, WWE, but no thanks, you know? Mm-hmm. I just don't see them leaving either because, for one, whether it was the rumor of New Japan sent him there to be a young boy or whether it was just TNA being stupid, Okada has said he wouldn't go to WWE anyway. Like, he's fine where he is. I think he's... You know, both Nakamura and Okada are pretty much, like, set for life where they are. I mean, like, they're not, you know... Barring some kind of freak injury, they're fine. Like, it's not... Like Paul said, it's not going to be where they're all of a sudden needing WWE or whatever. And if I think if, if they were even there in the first place, I think it was just one of those that WWE asked, they went. Maybe they didn't even wrestle. Maybe they just showed up and said hi to people and left. Like, you know, just... It, we have no idea what was really done, but I don't think even... I don't think I think even WWE probably knows there's no way in hell they're getting them. And for for one, you have to prove to them that you're going to do something with them because they only have they can go ask Taka what they're going to do with them. Like you know, they can go ask a bunch of people that have been over there and go, well, I'm sorry, but the language barrier is going to be a problem. Like it doesn't matter until Triple H is fully the one in charge. I'd be scared to have anybody that doesn't speak English on that on on the on the roster because Vince will turn them into a sideshow. It's it's just very difficult for me to be able to think that they're going to be something. What's more telling is like I would think that you're going to get more guys like uh, they're supposedly really interested in TMDK. You know, like Gaijins that are over there doing hell hell of an awesome work or whatever you know like could they look at shelton benjamin again could we get uh lance archer coming over finally or something like that like i don't think you're gonna get big time japanese stars coming because it's just for one i think vince would have to say okay hideo atami is awesome let's bring in some more we don't even know yet because he got injured right when he was about to get going on something so i think the jury's still out on that 
Yeah, fair enough. You know, and uh, you guys have made some great comments, and it's very, very interesting. You know, I, I think that we are looking at a landscape here where WWE may not be the premier place for these Japanese wrestlers, especially if they're not ready to come over and, like Sean said, speak English or be prepared to at least speak part English, kind of like Hideo Itami is trying to do, uh, because it just may not be the right fit just yet. Maybe the future. Hey, maybe 10 years from now we can see this, but right now just not the fit probably for a lot of these guys. And I, I'm kind of, you know, like Paul, I want these guys to stay in New Japan. I'm loving them there. I think they work fine. So, And I mean, uh, uh, one, one thing to note, uh, Jericho is going to have Ghetto and Jado on his podcast pretty soon. That's yeah. awesome. He interviewed them while he was in Japan. So, Oh, man. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to those shows. I listen to Jericho every week. so, um, And I know a lot of other people do too, so. Uh, well, man, that this I, I, I did want to uh, mention this really quick, like just what you guys think of the the NWA Classics on Demand thing launched this weekend, and it pretty much just has like the Paul Bosch stuff, and it's like nine dollars a month or whatever. You guys think this is gonna? They're apparently like putting on matches like once a month in like bulk. You guys um, think this is gonna I, succeed or? Unfortunately, guys, and I'm sorry to have to do this, I must actually cut out right now. Okay. And I'm sorry okay. to have to do this. All right, Patrick. Well, thanks All for coming right, on, man. Thanks for being on. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm sorry. My family is coming back from Michigan, and they're actually home right about now. And unfortunately, I must go, and I just wanted to thank you guys uh, for having me on. Uh, and then, like I said, I, I want to, uh, thank you. Um, so, uh, uh, from here on, uh, thanks a lot. And I hope you guys have a very good night. I right, appreciate it, Patrick. We'll see you soon, buddy. Thank Listen you. to Patrick with Harry on Wrestling Unwrapped on Friday nights on the VOC Nation. That's right. Good show. And, uh, and I, a lot of these guys can attest to that. Paul and Sean both have been part of that show. So go check that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris, uh, what do you think about this NWA, you know, whole eight ninety nine, you know, special channel or uh, what do you call it network? There you go. I, I mean, I'm gonna. This is the first. This is the first I'm hearing of it. I'll, I'll check it out. I don't know if it'll be successful due to the content they might or will not have, but it couldn't hurt. I'll check it out for a month, see what they got, and then it won't be like. I de- can't imagine they're attracting like WWE network numbers, but it's nice that they're actually trying this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be supposedly adding more and more content as time as time goes by. Kind of like WWE said they were going to do and trying to do. So, you know, they'll keep adding some of these more classic matches. Christopher Hill, do you think this is something that you would purchase, or is it just something that's kind of neat? Uh, I think it's neat. Uh, you know, I have enough on my plate with you know New Japan and everything on the network and. You know, just everything in general. But I mean, I think if you know, if that's something you have time for, and that's something you're interested in, I think it's you know, I think it's cool. I think the uh, movie networks has kind of kind of opened the doors for a lot of these other companies to kind of do an online streaming um, kind of device or network where you can you know charge so much and watch some classic stuff. And um, so, I mean, I think you know, I think it's great. You know, somewhere Dixie's heart is listening, and she's thinking. Oh my God! Let's 
the perfect idea. TNA hmm. Network. <laughs> TNA oh, Network. God. I'm surprised she didn't announce that from the word go because they wouldn't copy WWE. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Paul, I wonder if she's pitched uh-huh. that to her dad. Like, <laughs> can we get the TNA Network? <laughs> like, uh, sponsored by Panda Energy. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you know, when, when Destination America cancels them, we'll, hey, we already have TV right here. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, what, it what, probably wouldn't be the worst thing for them because a lot of people like their Glory Days stuff. Yeah, uh, true. So they might actually get something out of it. Uh, <laughs> at, at any rate, I remember reading an interview with Jim Cornette around about the time WWE Network launched who said that the way that you're going to have to present your product uh, as far as this sort of stuff goes has changed now because once one person does it at the top of the food chain, you sort of have to start a cascade effect to stay competitive. Uh, we've seen New Japan do it, and, and it's worked out well for New Japan because they have such a not only a large audience in Japan, they have a large audience over here who want to watch everything. Um, NWA Classics is a sort of more niche market. Uh, it, it's a neat idea. There's a lot of great stuff that WWE doesn't own that they can put on there. Um, for instance, I remember I've come across a couple of threads in some of the other wrestling pages I follow there where people are watching Wahoo McDaniel and Ric Flair matches, which is really cool. But I don't know in this day and age how much money that's going to make you. Uh, there's There are people who still enjoy old school wrestling, but if you're a more modern wrestling fan, you really don't need to go any further back than really 1980 or so. Um, and that's really just to watch the rise of Hulkamania because that's what sort of changed wrestling as far as where we're at now. So it's, is it a neat idea? Yes. Do I hope it works out for them? Yes. Do I think it's going to do well? Not really. Yeah. I think, you know, if, you know, I mean, and, and Bruce Tharp actually will, you know, he's been on New Japan before we've watched him on some of those, uh, some of those shows. He's actually, in one of the pages that Paul and I inhabit, and he actually posted about it, telling people about, about the service and and whatever, and it has, like, cool stuff on there. I just think that it's only one set of that library. It's not everything that, you know, Vince has, so it's not like the Crockett stuff or whatever, so there's a lot that's going to be missing there, and unless they start putting, like, some of their NWA regional, like, current stuff on there, I think you're going to it's going to hit a wall at some point where it's just going to be this thing that you get because you're just this old school fan. And you also have to start thinking about all these other products that are, that are going streaming. How many of these can you possibly afford before it starts becoming, Oh, well, here's one I can just throw away because it's unnecessary. So it's something I'm going to have all the time. You know, it's not like WWE Network or New Japan that constantly has something new where you can go, okay, well, I can justify the need to just continue to update this every month. But the NWA thing, I think, even though they do add stuff every month, I don't know if it's they take off the old stuff and they put on the new stuff or whatever it is, but it's still older stuff, so you have to wonder about that. And it does fill a void because WWE's not really adding a lot of their classic stuff because nobody watches it, apparently, so... It fills a void in that way that if you're missing, you know, all the WCCWs and all that stuff that WWE has but they won't put on the network, I guess if you want to watch old stuff, there you go. Um, and yeah. see, that's the thing, like, you know, Vin, or Paul was talking about that, you know, New Japan did it, and, like, Samurai TV just went on and added their own streaming service, but they chose to region lock it. 
and for like $15 a month, you could pretty much get every other Japanese wrestling company in the world that you wanted to watch on that uh, constantly throughout the whole day. You know, that's all that that channel does. And it's just, I think it's funny, like, how one Japanese company chooses to be global and the other one chooses to continue to be in its region. It's funny. It is. It is very funny, you know. And, hey, these streaming networks are great. Uh, but, you know, once again, how much, you know, are people going to really pay attention? Are they going to willing, be willing to chill out? Eight ninety nine, nine ninety nine, all of that. It's going to be you know difficult to find people who are willing to spend that kind of mon- mon- money monthly when they're already probably buying things like Netflix, Hulu, uh, and these other streaming services. And then you're going to add on other ones. And if you're a wrestling fan, most most likely WWE Network has come first. Um, so I'm very curious to see how this all works out in the end. I mean, this is cool. I mean, it does run from the 1960s to 1986, and you got early Shawn Michaels. I mean, you got the Junkyard Dog, Billy Graham. You got Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the Rock and Roll Express, all these different names that are big, of course. But, you know, is it really enough to keep someone interested and keep paying that $8.99? I'm not sure. I'm really not. So... Um, we'll have to see, you know, hopefully we'll find out in the near future if it's successful, if they have to drop it. So, um, but anyway, guys, that pretty much wraps us up for all the different things we have for you. Uh, I just want to give, you know, these guys a, a chance to kind of get the floor before they, uh, move on. Uh, Christopher Hale, man, uh, it's been a blast having you on the show again. We're so glad to have you on. Uh, did you have any other comments you wanted to make about anything we talked about? Maybe something you didn't get to say? Uh, I mean, no, I mean, everything is pretty much covered. I mean, I'm loving this new, uh, you know, new Japan stuff. I'm just getting into it now. Uh, you know, I, uh, watched Wrestle Kingdom 9. I watched Dominion today. So I'm, you know, trying to, you know, with what time I have, you know, too little, I have a one-year-old and a two-year-old. So it's like, you know, all day until eight. And then after that, it's, if it's not homework, it's wrestling. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate being on the show. I enjoyed talking with you guys, and uh, anytime I can be on, it's awesome. Uh, uh, and before you go, I, I got one thing. I want you to say your piece because Chris Limschke's on the line with us, so I've got to hear your piece. We didn't get to it on Thursday. We wanted to, but we didn't get your piece. I, I, Sean said you had some interesting thoughts on Tough Enough. I want to hear them. Me? Yeah, was it yeah, you, you? Yeah, you had some yeah. interesting thoughts. Oh man, yeah, tough you enough. You had that big post in the group, so yeah, yeah we didn't man, talk about enough. it on that TV. Show, we forgot. That show, that show, that show throws me for a loop, man. Uh, I, I just, I cannot, I cannot fathom how much I do not like Jericho as a host. He seems really fake to me. He seems just, he's not into it. It's not his personality. Uh, I don't like the the three judges. I don't like. The fact that there's hardly anything in the in, as far as in ring work, like the you know the first season especially, the second season, it was literally them waking up and going to the training facility, and you saw just Al Snow just beating the hell out of them all day long, and then they left. That's all you saw after the entire show. Uh, this one seems to be more based around them going out and partying and this and that and doing weird training missions and. Um, then looking pretty on a stage in front of Hogan, uh, Paige, and Bay O'Brien while they throw their two cents and try, you know, Paige kind of tries to act like a badass. And uh, I don't know. It just, it's too American Idol for me. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work. 
I'm, I'm giving it a shot. I've watched, I've watched both, I watched two of them, both episodes so far, and it's just, it's just totally not working for me right now. <laughs> I'll say this: The Miz comes off great on the network uh, post-show thing. He is great because he gets to ad lib and he gets to be himself. And then, what I hate about this, and now I know a lot of people don't watch the, and they even said it on the actual show though. Do not tell me that this is fake. Don't go on the stupid show and go, yeah, you know we fight for the cameras, right? Like, they don't even do that on Total Divas. Like, why the hell would you go (laughs) and just completely bomb the show like that? Like, if you tell me that, I don't want to watch it anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. why do I need to have any interest in in the people if you're telling me that they're just acting fake the entire time? All right, then I find out that ZZ has been on multiple uh, reality shows before. He was on uh, Swamp People, which is on History Channel, and I guess when he was, like, a kid, he was on, uh, like, the Wife Swap show where, like, the parents switch houses for a week or whatever. Yeah. Um, he was on both of those shows the when he was Piper younger. The Flair episode of that is awesome, by the way. Just... Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like, it's like, so you're, so these aren't just regular people. You claim... As it's supposed to be, just, you know, people every out the streets. You know, I'd rather see some, like, really low-level indie guys on the show. At least they know what they're doing. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, just it just seems so, it just seems so staged this time around. Like, it just doesn't seem, it just, I don't know, everything. Just every argument, every little cat fight that they have. It just no seems wonder so Stone Cold didn't want to be on the show. He'd be, yeah. if, if, if he's doing what Jericho's doing... He'd be so bored, but he'd be sitting there just drinking a beer the entire time. Like, yeah, and Jericho, Jericho just seems like he has just like, like they give him like some sort of pill before the show, just makes him all happy and just like he has this weird kind of weird grin on his face the whole time, and he's like kind of arm around Renee Young, you know, the entire show. And he's just like, oh yeah, we're gonna go over to Paige now, and then they just like that's not Chris Jericho. Yeah, somebody else. I mean, it just doesn't. You know, and then, like, they had uh, uh, Reigns on the show last week, and it was just like, hey, guys, I'm going to show you how to be tough in the ring. And then they have Bolt Dempsey do a, do his, like, little head, you know, his head off the top rope, and they're supposed to take it, and nobody ended up taking it. And I was like, so what was the point of showing that entire thing? And then Roman Reigns just leaves. Like, what's the point of even having that on the show? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it just the show that Roman Reigns was there. You know, the back bump know. thing was actually kind of interesting. Just yeah, from, that was cool. You know, cool. I mean, they're just starting with the whole wrestling stuff, so it's okay. Just hopefully it's not like we're going to build them and around them learning one move every show and that's it. Like, because it's just All stupid. Right. Like, you know, um, they do more than just do that the entire time they're there. You're just, you're framing it in a terrible way. Um, and, Poor Daniel Bryan just seems so out of his element. Just it just he's too nice. Like it's just like there's a being nice and then there's Daniel Bryan nice that it's just like Yeah, it and you got yeah, you got your Yeah. You got your Hogan, like he's just a natural just asshole. And you got Paige just yelling at people. I don't know if it's a show or if it's like actually her personality. But you got like yeah, you got like little Daniel Bryan sitting on the end like Okay, uh, yeah, well, you mean you did a good job, and, uh, yeah, and he's got this, like, weird grin on his face the whole time. He can't really be mean to anybody. 
Oh, it is true. It is true. Now, what do you think, you know, Chris? Uh, Lemchi? What's up? What do you think about Tough Enough so far? Oh, I officially tapped out of Tough Enough. After that, after that second episode, I called it quits. Oh, it, I want to. It, it is just not for me. Jericho, like, like Christopher said, Jericho is awful as a host. Uh, I don't really care about what the contestants are doing. I mean, I the backdrop thing was cool, but it only lasts, like, what, five minutes? And then the rest of the episode is in, like, going and partying. And, oh, who's being catty of who did this week? And it's like, uh. <laughs> Uh, I think oh, and, uh, and you forget about Roman Reigns is there because, oh my god, Roman's so hot. And then Jericho even <laughs> mentions that too, and it's like, Jesus, we get it. Uh, I think the quote is, he makes her wet or something like that. Didn't she no. say that? Or That was terrible. I was like, man, come on, this is WWE, this is supposed to be a family show. <laughs> That's not anyway. PD. And, and to, go about the to go about the judges, I totally agree. Uh, Brian is so out of his element. He's just way too nice. Paige, I have no idea why she's a judge. I mean, let's Let's be honest. She's only she hasn't even really been on the main. Oh no, she's been on the main roster for about a year. What is she in really any position to really judge these guys? And like this would be perfect for like if it was like Medusa or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And Hogan, Hogan's is there for a paycheck, so he's just gonna do whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. probably there because USA said you better have Hogan. <laughs> yeah, I just think it's interesting and. Chris, Christopher, uh, actually, excuse me, Chris Lemschke, you, you know, you know how the business works. You've been in some situations behind the scenes and different, you know, been on set. Uh, it's just so funny the way they set this whole thing up. I mean, it's obvious that they're making these challenges specific where certain people are not succeeding. Uh, just the way they put it out there, it's almost like they have a whole script already done, which I'm sure they do. But it's just it's just so obvious where other shows at least try to hide it. It's like tough enough. It's like, oh, we're lazy. We're just going to show you everything. Pretty much. I mean, I'll, I'll give this is probably one of the only few compliments I give Total Divas. They do they do scripted reality better than what Tough Enough is doing. Like, I'd watch more Total Divas than I ever will Tough Enough at this point. Mm -hmm. Well, you can do that starting this week. They'll be back to back with each other. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know if, I, you know, Paul, and you're, you're kind of quiet on this, but, I mean, are you with me as well? I, I'm I'm getting close to tapping out. The only reason I'm sticking on is because I want to see who makes it out of this and where they go in the future. Like this guy, Patrick Clark, he tweeted out that he was the only one watching Beast in the East. So things like that don't really give me high hopes for anybody but on this Didn't one of the wrestlers say something back to him that wasn't – that great though like, I don't know I didn't I didn't read that part I just saw his tweet it's what I haven't watched a single episode it looked awful you're not missing anything <laughs> Paul you're really not nothing at all you know, anything. I envy you for not watching I've lost like brain cells watching <laughs> your life is, your life is much better for not watching yay better life <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, well, everybody, on on that note, that's our uh, Tough Enough's little thing. We'll probably never talk about it again unless something good happens. Uh, but anyway, well, you know, this has been a fun show, man. I love it. I hate to go, uh, but we've kind of run long enough. And so it, it's been a blast, and I just want to uh, stop and thank uh, Christopher Hale for joining us. You know, it's been, man, it was great having you on Thursday, and to get to have you on again for the special, it's been a blast, man. Absolutely, I appreciate it, and um, uh, go to bed and enjoy the rest of my week out from work. All right, man. Yeah. Well, have a great vacation, man. 
Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. And, of course, Chris Lemschke, the fourth co-host of the show. I'm glad you called in, man. It's It was kind of good to have your perspective on some of these things. We we miss it when we don't get to have a chance to have you on. Yeah, yeah it was good to talk about it with you guys. I Hopefully, Raw this week will be better since the Beast is back, and I hope he destroys the Raw or J&J's car because they kept hitting on that at Raw this past week, and it never followed through, so... Yeah, I think we came up with this last Thursday and the fact that Brock Lesnar's just going to F5 it off the tower. <laughs> so that, That's the way to get ratings. So they, yeah. that, <laughs> that meme needs to happen. Like, just forget the shark. He is now F5 the car. <laughs> oh, you got to love it. And, of course, you know, we can't forget the Dusty Rhodes special will be following Raw, too. Uh, I think all of us will try to catch it. I, I definitely want to watch it, so... Uh, wow. Cody's supposed to be back on Raw this week as well. Yeah. Let's wow. see if uh, Stardust is no more or something. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, well, Chris, before we get out, I know we're going to end the show, but uh, did you have anything you want to plug or anything before we move? Uh, no, but uh, thanks for having me on, guys, and I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, Chris. Later. All right. Well, guys, I mean, this has been a blast. I- I've enjoyed this special a lot. We've talked a lot of Japanese stuff and um, just very very entertaining but we're going to move on and, and we, we, are... we glorified Japan so much that we got to say United States women blasting Japan out of the wherever winning the World Cup for the third time yeah congratulations man. yes definitely Get, getting that revenge from four years ago exactly and you know I got to throw congrats out there to the UK their uh, women got their place over Germany so good job on that as well so, uh, well, man, uh, we've got a great show coming up this next week on uh, Thursday. And if you're listening on demand, it's Friday for you guys. We come on uh, Fridays on demand, and we, you know, we're going to have a lot of cool stuff. We'll definitely be talking about that Monday Night Raw. We'll also jump into all the other shows we always do: NXT, Lucha Underground, and of course TNA. Uh, we are on the fence on our way. Definitely on TNA. Yeah, no, I, I think actually I, I misread that. There, it's going to be the the uh, post um, Best in the World show. It's not going to be a we're going to show matches from Best in the World. So we're going to get to see what Jay Lethal has to say after winning and all that kind of stuff. Good. So we will definitely will cover with them for sure. And uh, I just kind of started watching it uh, today, so I haven't finished it yet. So, um, But anyway, well, man, uh, we're going to be doing that stuff. And, of course, we'll have some other things uh, a part of that show. But, man, Sean, why don't you go ahead and plug a few of the other shows that you've done and uh, some other things that people need to hear about. I uh, just did a uh, – Patrick actually called in during it. Um, I found out that apparently Patrick is a big, a big uh, U.S. women's national team uh, follower. Uh, he he doesn't actually pay attention to the men's that much. He cares more about the women's national team. That's that's pretty cool. That doesn't happen much. But uh, he called, and along with Matt and uh, another person that's been helping us out a lot, did the post game for the women's World Cup final, um, which you know the U.S. won five two. So of course, happy times to talk about that. We should. We're going to start our division previews this week on the football to football. So you guys need to. Uh, we're going to have Christopher Hale and Stephen Davis, two guys from the DB2M Facebook group. I would have said Paul, but you know, I'm sure Paul's so busy. I don't know how much he's kept up with his Broncos. So. The answer would be not a lot. Yeah. See, that's why I didn't even ask. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, so we're going to have Stephen Davis representing the Broncos and Chris Rowe representing the Raiders to talk about the AFC West. And then, of course, the three of us, along with Randy, will be able to talk what we think will happen in that division. And then we'll start off with the Big 12, whichever one it is that has Texas in it, on which, whatever division it is, I forget. Is it the North or the South, Gary? I believe it's the uh, – well, actually, I don't even know. It's the South, I believe. Okay. So yeah, because the, the North is Nebraska. It used to be Nebraska and all those teams back in the, back in the day. So, yeah, Big 12 South and AFC West for our first ones over there on this Thursday night. You can listen live or we'll be on demand on all the places where W2M is available, uh, which is, you know, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Blueberry, all that, all the stuff. VOC Nation, which VOC Nation is being weird today, so I haven't been able to figure it out. The It does not upload on my, on my uh, iTunes thing. Anyway, uh, there's also the co-op multi, which I'm hoping comes back on Monday. We had to skip a week because Mark was sick, and then we just couldn't find the time that worked out. Yeah, and then we'll be, I will finally have a, I think after Battleground, things will go back to normal for a little while of us having a little break from the specials. But can't say I haven't enjoyed doing these. So, there's that. Here's the thing with... uh, I'm going to say I'm going to try <laughs> to keep up with the G1 and, and do podcasts like pretty close to when those shows aired or whatever. Um, it kind of sucks that, you know, it's good for Paul because, you know, always work is always good. But not having like a partner to do them with kind of sucks. And it makes me want to go home and be like, do I really want to sit here and watch three hours of this or do I want to like rest after mm-hmm. I get off work? <laughs> so, you know. Um, but let's say tepidly, we'll try to do what we can to keep up with G1, but that is a task in of, in of itself. So, you know, but th- it's going to be awesome that that's going to be on and we're going to have so much wrestling to freaking talk about. For sure. So a lot of great stuff coming your way. Uh, stay tuned with us, uh, anywhere you listen to us, whether it's the VOC nation, whether it's, uh, one of the sh- the websites we're on, or, of course, if you know us through Spreaker or any other demand device that you use to get us through iTunes or uh, Stitcher or anywhere else, man, we've been, you know, we'll definitely have more info for you on our Facebook page. And, of course, if you come and just listen to the podcast, we'll have the information there. So we look forward to seeing everybody on Thursday. And we just want you to remember, if you're not living life to the max. Not living life at all. You know it.